deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock door it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. But right now we're reading Twilight. I'm your host, CC. And I'm Liz. And then Liz, I don't know, cadence on that one doesn't really work, does it? It's uh, mm, it's a little awk. It's a little awkward. I just, you know, after three years of saying da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and then you come in with da-da-da. Yeah. I can't. This is tough. This is tough. We're we. There is no job harder than podcasting. I've decided. It's true. I yeah. I mean, I have not thought about it at all in between, <laughs> which is maybe something something that we could have done, uh, and yet here we are. <laughs> no, I I, I remember. I literally always remember. Um, uh, let's see about um, twenty minutes before we record. I'm like, oh right. I still say. I'm still, I, I, I'm still, I still have this drilled into my brain, right? Like, right. like this is, this is as, uh, as, as much as I know. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough out there for podcasters. I feel. Here's the thing. I feel like technically, technically, mm-hmm. it should just be, you know, this is a Twilight read podcast. Um, but that sucks. Yeah. That sounds like it sucks. So, uh, hey, I'm not get, sure what to I get, do. Get it? Get it? It sucks. Oh, it sucks. It yeah. It sucks. Uh, the the <laughs> we, there we uh we we seem to have tapped into a ley line once again on the on the podcast. Did you see that there was like a viral tweet about uh uh vampires sucking blood through their fangs like no. a couple days ago? Yeah, yeah, some somebody somebody tweeted like you know, when I, I I thought wait I thought vampires suck blood through their uh, through their fangs like through little holes, uh, just like I was describing. So I'm I'm I, I'm not alone in this in this bizarre uh, 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 misinterpretation of vampire lore. It turns okay, out. but I mean, if that's so common, like, am I the one who who no. has the the odd opinion out? I I don't think so. I think I think you have the like the normal vampire opinion i think someone uh, uh pointed out that the way that vampires in Discworld work is that they mm. suck it through their fangs and that might line up exactly with where i have that uh um that makes sense because i, I read all I assume that it's, stuff yeah i assume it's like sort of a joke right joke-ish joke adjacent yeah i mean yeah it's a little it's a little kind quirky, of the tone just, just yeah. like everything in Discworld. it's a little you know it's a little a little out there yeah yeah i mean is it a, is it mosquitoes too is that why oh like they have a like proboscis that they like, like, a, like a tube right yeah I, I i think it was just literally like like it, it's the word suck right like just implies like 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 physical sucking right um, <laughs> yeah it does my very scientific analysis here um but like i i you know i i always knew that like uh uh snakes like you milk snake venom like out of their fang sometimes right right and right. So I was like, "Oh, that must be like what a vampire is like. Is that they, it's, it's like in reverse? They suck it, like, right? But the here's thing. here's one for you though. Yeah, vampire bats. Right, and vampire bats do it like the normal way, right? Where it's just they <laughs> yeah. bite and then they lick it up. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's like sexier, right? 
you yeah. know? Yeah, it's a little less, like, scientific, you know? It's like, yeah, they... They, they, they just, just kind of lick you. And, I just and don't think that eating through your teeth is very scientific. <laughs> well, w- scientific is the wrong word, but like, um, like, like, like too, putting too much of an explanation, like a, like a attempting to like explain it, right? You know, oh, okay, like, sure. Like attempting to like have a like a Star Trek explanation for exactly how it works, right? Like. You know, no, no, like the vampire hunters aren't sitting around showing each other diagrams of how vi- vampires like suck people's blood up, right? It's, <laughs> like it's not really that kind of thing. Yeah, they could though. They could. I mean, you know, you could do a vampire f- story like that. Not saying mm-hmm. you can't, but like, I think that's that- what they do in Supernatural, probably. <laughs> yeah, how do Supernatural vampires work? Are they the normal kind, or do they have like a special flavor? Gosh, I think I have even seen a Supernatural vampire episode. Mm-hmm. I can't for the life of me remember, or maybe it just didn't come up. Right? They suck your blood, they kill <laughs> yeah. you. Vampires are like a big deal. They're they're sort of like a recurring faction in, in Supernatural, right? They're kind of a. Like I think I made it maybe a season and a half in okay. or something okay. like that. So I'm not a real big <laughs> supernatural head. Uh, nevertheless, vampires with fangs are cool. That I think I think we can all agree, regardless of whether they're hollow or uh, filled with tooth material. Uh, yeah. they're they're cool. They're cool. Yeah, you, they should have fangs. Sorry to Stephanie Meyer, but vampires do need fangs to be truly cool vampires. I think to be yeah to be truly cool, but vampires, yes, I agree. Yes, um, or. Uh, they need to be ha- uh, um, uh, living vampires, like Morbius. Uh, <laughs> Morbius, the living vampire. To, to take us, to whisk us away into the world of cinema. Um, Fantastic Beasts opened in the U.S. Uh, this week against Morbius and Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which I forgot was coming out so soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic Beasts... Uh, let's get the bad news out of the way first. Although this isn't really unexpected. It did. It is the top thing at the box office this weekend. Um, That's a little unexpected to me. I thought Sonic would win. Sonic, yeah, Sonic. Pretty well. Sonic was out like a week before, I think. So this oh, is like the second okay. week for Sonic. So I, I was, believe. So it was like the only movie that came out. Yeah, it was. It's the new movie. Um, but uh, yeah, don't 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 fret too much because I have a piping hot report from deadline here from like an hour ago Ooh. uh saying if there's still a five picture plan in place for fantastic beasts clearly after this week's uh 43 million dollar opening for the secrets of dumbledore it's time to pivot to the harry potter franchise that's the lowest opening ever stateside for a J.K. Rowling Wizarding World movie, and it's probably not prudent for the studio to go for another low op- opening record on the next project from the franchise. Hee <laughs> It was evident Potter fans didn't like the last movie, even if there was a cliffhanger, and they didn't want to come back for Dumbledore. That's so telling. Even if there was a cliffhanger. <laughs> even if there was a cliffhanger. <laughs> Is that how movies are now? Is that all we've got? <laughs> Even if there, there or... was a cliffhanger and people still didn't like it, <laughs> they, 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 you need a cliffhanger. You need a post-credit scene. That's uh, that, that, that's movies at the moment. I'm sorry to say. I'm so glad I gave up on movies way before this. <laughs> I'm 
telling well, you, I fell asleep during Return of the King in the theaters, and that's when I gave up on movies. It was all over from there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a unique take to Deadline here. From Entertainment Weekly, we have Frantastic Beats, maybe the most cursed franchise in Hollywood. Uh, and then from <laughs> Forbes, we have Is the Fantastic Beasts franchise cursed? So uh, we've been saying this this whole time yeah, for we, years. We've, we've been saying this for years. <laughs> Once again, the Shrieking Shack ahead of the curve, uh, declaring the franchise cursed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, every article is just like it's cursed. It's 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 disappointing. It's not making any money. Uh, uh, they gotta bring back the characters people like. They gotta put the whole thing away. Forbes is for Forbes. Uh, has a whole paragraph dedicated to the goblins and uh this wow. the uh uh the the house elves and whatnot. So this is all it's all cresting. Um, it's all everything is coming up out of the water finally. Uh, that we've been talking about all these years um it's interesting it's interesting to watch this happen i'm very curious to know what what wb's like next official move is you know like mm -hmm. like yeah i don't yeah, know Yeah. so what's our called shot then will there be more no i'm going with no yeah i hmm um and I mean strictly the five film Fantastic Beasts Eddie Redmayne. Right. Yeah. Uh, I thing. I I wouldn't be surprised if Fantastic Beasts is done at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um this movie apparently does end the way that the leak did. Um I don't remember what that which, was. Well well the, the important part is that it, it's like it's like a big scene that's like this could be the end of a trilogy, you know, if if it has to be. Ah, okay. They uh they go to a wedding. Uh, 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 Tina shows up. There's like a you know, it's got like a little bit of a like the gang's all here one last time vibe to it. Um, Grindelwald has been defeated by Dumbledore, uh, but who you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like it, it could it could come back, but. It certainly the door is mostly closed. You it know? certainly doesn't have to. <laughs> I agree. Um, great. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I just I I I the most logical thing really does sound like pivot to like a cursed child movie or some like original oh, content, yeah. right? Um, but also this is. Ne this has never been like a logically handled franchise at this point so who knows it's funny that they're stuck with cursed child because that's obviously like when you have a big franchise that's what you look to do right mm -hmm. even star wars it's like okay so we had star wars and then we had a prequel and then they're like well what have we got we've got the sequel um and and they're stuck with cursed child if they want to do a you know a direct sequel um, yeah and they kind of fucked the prequel, so <laughs> yeah. Oopsie. Yeah, I, 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 I imagine that Cursed Child is probably on the table. I think, um, and this is me looking at this from like you know cynical Warner Brothers perspective, and not like what I want, right? But like I, I wonder if what's likely is like a completely original TV series thing with like no JK Rowling input. 
you know? Right, um, right. Uh, because, you know, like 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 HBO Max, all the all all streaming streaming services live and die by just like having content, right? Like just recognizable content that can get churned out, um, get people subscribing, and get people to stay subscribed. I would not be surprised if we see like a. I mean, I don't, it could be fucking anything. It be it could be horrors. It could be like a drama about teachers during the first Wizarding War at Hogwarts, so you get to see Hogwarts or whatever. It could, but like something that has the things that people like about harry potter but like doesn't need to be run past jk rowling who is like this weird pr albatross for them at this point you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but but and 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 who knows i mean like it it could and would probably like cynically address like some of the like you know they would have like a trans character or something right like they would just they would do something to like wash their hands of the jk thing uh without actually doing anything or like you know severing ties with her or anything it's just i i I feel like something like that something that attempts to have it both ways is like the most obvious route for them to take at this point you know um they could do like a teddy lupin movie since he's the character that uh (laughs) from cursed child Well, yeah, what's going on with Teddy? Oh, he'd be so sad. He's like the new chosen one, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially because Cursed Child just sort of happens in like the span of like a month or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it has no consequences. (laughs) Right. So Teddy Lupin is maybe just doing something off screen. Yeah, Cursed Child could just be like, you know, referenced as something that happened, right? Like, Like all those characters could exist. Um, but we don't need to see Cursed Child, right? Like, you could still introduce Harry's family and, and, and whatnot. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I, like they, they are just in such a weird position now where it's like, Harry Potter's a thing people like and, and know, but the more they touch it, the more risk they have of getting zapped, right? So... Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, we'll see. We'll see if yeah. J.K. Rowling just pulls a George Lucas and sells it, right? Yeah, I mean, like that. That that's what the, I, they want. That so bad, right? Like, there is no way. <laughs> there is there is no way that WB isn't either actively working towards that or like praying and 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 begging her to do that, right? That 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 they they just don't have to deal with it anymore. Did did we talk on here about the weirdness at like the Harry Potter premiere? Uh, or the the Fantastic Beast premiere, rather with J.K. I Rowling. A, I think a little bit. Her her, you know, showing up early before yeah. anyone like could film it or whatever. I think we we touched on it yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. She showed. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. Because she showed up and like you know posed for a couple photos and like signed some stuff. Fantab, but like did no interviews. Was not there to like give a speech before the movie. Just like was not part of the 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 you know celebration like at all. Um, she did then go to like a turf march, um, uh, and, and posted about that on Twitter a whole bunch. So like, she is just like actively like, like she, <laughs> JK Rowling's full-time job now is just being like, uh, a hate monger. So like, you know, there's no, there's no coming back from that. Like, like W like, you know, for as little as WB probably actually cares about any social issues, um they they can't there is no plausible deniability there is no 
walking back like like there's there's no reining her in at this point right and so no it's heinous yeah it's 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 worse than it's ever been and it's getting worse every day um and i i don't know i i i i i wonder i wonder what (laughs) i guess i guess the real test for fantastic beasts um after this like really disappointing first opening weekend is what the what the second week drop off is mm-hmm. because it, because like if you know if it does I don't know like if it if it's just like a twenty five percent or or whatever drop week over week or fifty percent drop like that's probably fine if it's if it's more than that if it's just like like, like Morbius had like a seventy five percent drop in the second week right like everyone no went, <laughs> Morbius no <laughs> Poor Morbius um. I told everyone to go see Morbius, the living vampire, <laughs> and yet, um, yeah, like like when movies have bad word of mouth, or or people are you know only the people who are like truly interested go and see it the first week it's out, and then it just like crashes the the second week, like that that is a real uh, test of a mo- of a franchise's like popularity, and it's like if 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 Fantastic Beasts just crashes hard second week that's gonna be really really interesting um yeah there was a there was a post on the uh fantastic beast subreddit which uh that subreddit has just like turned into turf town usa yeah, yeah. um big time uh but there was a post that was like number one after the movie came out and it was just like guys we have got to help this movie everybody <laughs> tell people to go see it go see it twice um, all of this, which is uh, truly pathetic, but I do like to invent a guy who does that for Morbius, the living vampire. Please, we have to help Morbius. Morbius needs our help. Take your friends and family and go see Morbius. Once again, the money fandom is in trouble. <laughs> it's true. Um. Yeah, God, it's so... It's just it's just so wild that this is happening to Fantastic Beasts and 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 Harry Potter, right? Like it's just I there's no way to weather this storm. And they have they have fucking tried. They have tried so fucking hard to weather this storm too. Like they, I mean like bringing in Steve Cloves, uh, uh uh retooling the movie like five times over a, like two years of a pandemic shoot. They they tried with this thing. They really, really hoped that, that that this movie would be bulletproof, despite how obvious it was that it probably wasn't going to be. Right. Um, and now they're left with, yeah, they're left with what they got here, which is just sort of an embarrassing, uh, uh, as as multiple publications have put it, a cursed franchise now, and it's just like, well. I sure, I sure as shit don't feel sorry for them, but it, but it's certainly like, you know, there there's something a little uh, 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 strange about just watching Harry Potter uh, and 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 like associated stuff just not be uh, like culturally relevant. Really, no one's excited. I haven't seen like like I, I guess like the real the real test of this kind of thing is it's like like how much do I see just like normal like non-fandom people talking about stuff right and you know like dune i remember people going and talking talking about you know it's like 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 people went to see dune batman obviously people will always go for batman 
you don't have to be like 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 the audience for for a lot of these other WB properties or like you know any 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 big media property they, they aren't exclusively like for the diehards, right? I have not seen a single person in my life or like adjacent to my life or even just like randomly on Twitter that, that other than other than the like the Fantastic Beasts diehards that like the the official account is retweeting now who are all saying <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> they're all saying like oh it's definitely the best of the three like even even the like diehard <laughs> fan ones are like really backhanded sounding in a way like right um, um you know like they're, they're pushing it but it's like it, it's just not it makes zero impact on on like the wider pop space, uh, and that's crazy because everybody knows Harry Potter. Everybody knows what a fucking Slytherin is, right? It's yeah. I think I think that it really has tanked its own cultural relevance. Um, I think it probably just would have stayed this kind of uh, like pseudo beloved property, but it. Is it has made it very easy for I think a lot of people to move on. Yes. Yeah. 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 And in a way that a lot of other franchises haven't. Um uh it's yeah, it's easy to put this one down, you know. Um I, I will I will bitch about Star Wars until the end of time. And Rise of Skywalker is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in the theater. <laughs> and that like nearly destroyed it for me, but like I don't know, like the new season of Clone Wars was good. Like, there's still, there's still like enough there that like keeps me at least, you know, keeps the candle at least like flickering, you know. But Harry Potter's just like, I do not fucking care at this <sighs> point. Like, <laughs> I I liked the two new Star Wars movies like well enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. But I st- I still didn't see Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it's like hell no. <laughs> but like, you hear a lightsaber and like something activates, you know, like like ooh, For sure. Like yeah, that's cool. Uh, uh, what? Nothing. Nothing about Harry Potter, really. Like I, I like the tr- like. I guess what's worth uh, uh, talking about is that like the the game is the next big thing this year, right? And I think that has a bigger chance, you know. Um, looks like um, shit, though. It it does. <laughs> it does. It really does look like shit. Um, um, the like just 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 complete every every triple a licensed game ever made looking shit um but i imagine that that probably definitely has some people you know it has still grabbed some people by the throat who are like ooh i like wands right but like i think it'll be interesting to see um i think it's a bummer they're stuck with wands they look so <laughs> dumb <laughs> And Robert Pattinson totally right about wands. Uh, there, there was that interview with him where he was like, "Yeah, I kept holding it like a Glock in in the <laughs> Goblet yeah. of Fire because it, it felt totally stupid." Did. He was yeah. totally right. Yeah, like he <laughs> prophetic. Yeah, he the wands are guns. Yeah, it would be cooler if they were, I guess. With the level, yeah, of, I mean they're cool in a novel for like ten year olds, right? Mm-hmm. In in yeah. your mental imagining, but I don't think it translates very well. Yeah. It doesn't translate to Eddie Redmayne holding a wand. I'm never like, wow, what a cool protagonist of this action movie. Yeah. Well, interesting stuff. I will be very curious to see how the movie continues to do uh, at the box office. But speaking of Robert Pattinson, we've got to get to our reading for this week. We do. We do. Maybe, maybe, uh, 
it's a, about a Twilight revival. Maybe that's what we're in for. <laughs> we need we need the new Twilight show, like a coven coven drama. Hey, I'd take it. Yeah, um, Succession, but with like a vampire coven or something. That sounds pretty good. I know that we like talked about it on uh, the common room when Midnight Sun was coming out, but occasionally when I'm reading it, I will remember that it came out in 2020 and I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm like, wow, a Twilight book came out in 2020. Like, That's really crazy. Th- yeah, there's new stuff. And she said, I think she's writing more. So like, we're, we're maybe due for more Twilight books. Wonderful. That's very know. wacky. We have an interesting structure this week. Um, we do. So I'm going to leave it to, to to you. You have the floor for this yeah. one. Yeah. So I realized last minute <laughs> that um, we were not reading the same part of Twilight. And I had a, a little treat in store for me, mm. um, which is chapter four of Midnight Sun. Um, and it's called Visions, um, which comes before our shared chapter. Um, and it's not very long, uh, but I enjoyed it a lot, actually. This is um, just some Edward uh, solo time, um, which is great. Um, I think that she either has said that maybe there's more because he doesn't sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Which is very funny. But um, I will I will give a quick summary of, um, of this one, which is a very uh, internal Edward thinking to himself uh, chapter. He's sort of reflecting on his obsession with Bella, um, but he, he has gone uh, back to school while she's in the hospital and had, had, had to uh, be released for the rest of the day, but he's finding himself very challenged having to be in school, and all he wants to do is, like, go to Bella. Um, and the rest of his family has also gone back to school to just try to act normal, everybody, uh, but they're extremely upset with him. Uh, he's compromised their secret. He's compromised, like, their whole life. Uh, Rosalie, the hot sister, is like, I don't want to have to move again. I don't want to do my sophomore year again. That sucks. Um, and Edward knows that he has to face the music that evening, and he goes home and they sit around the like conference table that they have because they don't eat dinner, but they have a kid like a like a kitchen table to <laughs> like keep up appearances. Um, and they they have a family meeting about whether they're gonna kill Bella or not um, to to cover everything up. Um, and Edward has like had this like clarifying moment where he realizes that if, if his family decides the right thing to do is to kill Bella, he will go against them, which is like kind of a new thing for him. Um, Rosalie and Jasper, the two that are most um, like, we got to kill her of the group. Um, And Rosalie is like easier to convince that they shouldn't um, by Carlisle. Who's like the, the goodest vampire who's ever been. And it's like, you know, we can't kill an innocent. It's, it's not right. And she kind of calms down. Um, but Jasper um, has decided that her possibly revealing their secret could put Alice in danger, and Alice and Jasper are an item, so he won't won't tolerate that um, until finally um, uh, Alice turns to Jasper and says, I need a favor. I've seen the future, and Bella is going to be my friend, so you can't kill her. Um, and 
Alice delivers um, the rest of her vision, which is that there are two paths into the future. Either Edward will fall for Bella and turn her into a vampire, or he will kill her. Um, And Edward is extremely upset by this. He's like, these are the worst possible things that could happen. And he runs out the door and he runs so far and fast until he sees the lights of Seattle. And that's Mm. the end of Visions. Mm. Now this is the good shit. This is the good shit. Vampire council scene. I love it. Yeah, honestly, like this is um, feels a little bit like what I was asking for and uh, sort of complaining about up until this point, which Mm -hmm. was that it felt like it had nothing new to offer. Right. um, What was happening during the events of Twilight. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is sort of a new thing, this like crisis moment um, for them. I still wish that they kind of went into a little bit more why they feel so threatened by Bella knowing their secret, but I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll accept it, right? I'll accept that they're just in hiding. And so they don't want to not be in hiding anymore. Um, Yeah. That all makes sense to me. Yeah. Is there, has there been in your book, any description of like what the stakes are, no pun intended for um, like vampire society? Like, 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 are they, worried that there'll be like open war are they like have have historically humans done fucked up things to the vampire like like is there any like sense of like what what exactly would happen because it it, like there's a little bit i'm sensing of like the funniest part from ironically fantastic beasts here (laughs) where like where like the wizards are like oh we couldn't possibly reveal ourselves to the muggles they'll they'll destroy us and it's like how you're wizards right and like like knowing that the vampires can like throw trucks and stuff right like like i'm a little curious like you know what is their what's their angle on 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 you know hiding um i guess that's what's frustrating is it's like there is very like vague threat to it right Mm -hmm. like there is a reason but they won't quite say what it is i think i know a little bit of twilight lore that like the um the the big bad um vampire council that is italian will like come and kill you if you reveal the secret right not why um that hasn't come up here that's just something i know that's like sort of in the background but they are frustratingly non-specific about what the threat is um there's some stuff here I, i think the most specific Oh, is is here. Um, they say, uh, we can't allow a human a chance to say anything. Carlyle, you must see that. Even if we decide to all disappear, it's not safe to leave stories behind us. We live so differently from the rest of our kind. You know there are those who would love an excuse to point fingers. We have to be more careful than anyone else. So there's sort of this tension, like other vampires that eat people would be mad at them, but not mm-hmm. really a why. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just it's so juicy, right? Like I I could cuz cuz the one I'm thinking is like there's sort of like a like a almost a nobility to it where it's like maybe maybe it's like ooh, like the if the if if the Volturi have an excuse. That's the Volturi, right? Is the Yeah, yeah. uh is the the evil Italian vampires. Mhm. Um if if they have like any excuse to just like exterminate normal humans or whatever then they will take it right so like that's why like that's the thing that makes these the good vampires right is sort right. of like like acting you know like not wanting to rock that boat or something but like I just the fact that they can 
run at super speed and throw throw cars at people and 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 when i just it's so funny that they kind of have the same thing as wizards where it's like well why are you afraid of the <laughs> of, of of muggles finding out or, or in this case like normal people finding out that there are vampires because it's like i mean you you could just like squish their head if you if you wanted to like doesn't doesn't really matter yeah, it doesn't seem very much like the threat comes from the humans yeah. at all, from what I can tell. But like I said, it is so vague and and inconsistent, um, kind of in what they're really thinking. It's it's like mm-hmm. it treats it like it's a foregone conclusion that I yeah. don't quite understand. But and to be to be fair, I think it still mostly works. It sounds like is that yeah. like because it's like you know like yeah they're vampires and there are humans so of course they don't want to be found. Like like it sounds like it kind of works from that. But I was just curious if there's like any exploration of that so far. I guess I I think that that is a a thing that works really well for me and I'm willing to like be okay with it mm-hmm. from the perspective of the non-vampire character. But as soon as it's the vampire character, it just really <laughs> bugs me. I'm like, what are you talking about? <sighs> yeah. You're fine. Um, <laughs> but I, I will look past it. Cause I did enjoy this. It felt like, I mean, it is, it's the, it's the non twilight chapter, right? This is like yeah. entirely new stuff. I get yeah. sort of an idea of, of what Edward is like about. Cause he, mm-hmm, he basically mm-hmm. like gets his motivation here. It's like, finally I understand what he wants as a character because he says it very plainly kind of near the end here. He, he you know, Alice says these are the two possible uh, futures that can happen. And his conclusion is like, no, I won't accept either of those futures. I like it's, it's, not going to happen. I'm not going to kill her and I'm not going to turn her into a vampire. Um, mm-hmm. I think where the challenge is going to end up being or uh, or what I will predict is that it's very hard not to root for him. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. when you have a character say like, I'm going to change the future, you yeah. want that to be true. You want to yeah. be like, oh, hell yeah, we're, yeah. we're challenging fate, right? Yeah, um, always a classic JRPG Edward, right? Yeah. 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 So, so I want to root for him. Like, I want this romance to fail now, <laughs> which is maybe not where you want to be with the romance story, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. So it's great. I love this. Yeah, some um, conflict. But it's setting me up for failure a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Mm-hmm. How does the how does Alice's future premonition stuff work? Um is it is it like, oh, I can see what's probably gonna happen, or is it like I can literally this will happen? Like like is she an oracle? What's her deal with No, with this? she sees like I think it's more like probabilities, right? And like mm-hmm. um when she sees that she's friends with Bella, she, it's described as like well, okay, so it's confusing because also all of her visions are delivered not through what she's saying, mm-hmm. but through Edward reading her mind as she's having the visions, <laughs> right? So right, it's, like, okay. it's like triple confusing. Um, and so his description of the visions, it's like his interpretation of what she's thinking, which obviously like we kind of have to just take as a fact because it's clearly meant to be. Yeah. Um, but his sort of sense of it is that as soon as um, she sees that she's going to be friends with Bella, it is the crystal clear right. future, right? Versus yeah. like the foggy possibilities mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. like maybe futures. Right. Um, but as he continues to like take actions and change his his viewpoint 
or like what he thinks he's going to do. She later complains about like the future getting all like twisty and messed oh, up that's and stuff. Cool. Okay, so so she basically this is okay. This is like the coolest mechanic that I have heard it from this book so far. I mm-hmm. think. I love the idea is that, like, she can see the future, but, like, like only based on this exact point, right? Yeah. And, like, as soon as anything changes, the future also changes. Like, she just, she can just, like, see a couple moves ahead, which is really cool, right? Yeah, it That's is cool. Neat. That's neat. That's really cool. Uh yeah, that's because, it, like, that gives you, mm, that's so good. It, it gives you the wiggle room of, like, it's, it's predestined enough that that it like creates some drama for characters who like don't want or don't like the future that's probably coming down the pipe but it also like avoids just being like a like a boring like well this will happen right like mm-hmm. like it, it gives you a little bit oh mm, that's yeah, fun except that's t- it is that will happen right that's yeah. the frustrating part right is that it is, right? Mm-hmm. Edward can't, f- I mean, in theory he could, right? Because her yeah. visions are changing, but I I find it extremely frustrating and like a little bit horrifying that it's like he can't escape this, even though it's his like main motivation. Th- th- this is a case, though, of of having it both ways that really works, I think. Where it's like there's wiggle room where the character can like, you know, rattle the cage a bit. Uh, yeah. But also, like, just the the juicy doomed fate is also there, right? Mm, that's good. I like that. That's that's yeah. that's cool. It it creates a cool effect. Um, yeah. In in this chapter, and like, it's interesting from I guess I would say a meta perspective of this book being written for people who have certainly read Twilight, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun making that knowing what's going to happen thing part of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Like like the the something that Edward shares with the audience is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. I love so so Edward can read all the vampires can like read minds, right? No, just Edward. Just all, Edward. Okay. Uh, the, all the vampires have their own special power. Okay. Okay. So so it's not because like I I was picturing this council scene as like them just like <laughs> st- having a mind battle, not talking like around the table or something like. Uh, the the conversations get so complicated with mm-hmm. Edward being able to read people's minds. To be honest, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of um, it's not done too poorly. To be honest, but mm-hmm. there are some moments where I have to like go back and and read something over to realize that the person was saying it in their own head, yeah. and Edward just knew what they were saying. I mean, it's definitely ambitious, right? Like like this this is not like like for as many jokes as as you can make pretty rightfully at stephanie meyer's expense for like writing twilight three times you know like like this is at least (laughs) like you've got a scene here where characters are having a conversation where one person can see the future and another character who is the perspective character here can like have opinions about what that character thinks about the future and also react to like what the it's just like there's a lot of stuff happening uh, here, yeah. which is cool. It's fun. That's yeah, that's... and it stays pretty readable. Like for as yeah. much as that's going on, and there's some other stuff too. Um, I'm probably not like exact on this, but Jasper's special power is he can like change everyone's mood. 
Like, if he wants people to calm down, they can calm down. And if he, like, wants people to be pissed off, they can be pissed off. I don't know the, like, limitations or or whatever of that. But, like, Edward is, like, can tell that he's mad, Mm -hmm. but knows that he's not trying to affect anyone's mood because he's, like, being cold and calculated or whatever. So there's, like, a cool. There's, like, a lot of cool. I know. There's a lot of weird stuff going on here. At this vampire council meeting, and it's pro- it's like, it's very cool. I God, really liked this chapter. God, that almost makes me wish that this was the entire series, was just like weird vampire politics where everyone has some insane mind power that they can <laughs> use against each other. I know. Oh, fuck. This is so sick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rosalie's power is being hot. <laughs> is, she, is, she, is she kind of like a, is she kind of like, like a kind of, sort of, not really succubus type I think so. And then and then she's she and Emmett are like an item. And Jasper and Alice are an item, and I think Emmett's power is being strong. (laughs) But like again, (laughs) that's all the weird vampire politics. Uh, Like, I think the funniest part of this chapter, especially with what we were talking about last week, is there is a ton of litigating who would beat who in a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's like what they're thinking about. Because Edward has like had this realization <laughs> that if they try to kill Bella, he will fight them, and so he goes through his like mental list, like who am I going to beat in a fight? Um, which is everyone, um, by the way, because I'm like I'm <laughs> I'm remembering Stephanie Meyer's interview answers, and they yeah. come through so clearly here, which is really funny considering those were like after she wrote Twilight and New Moon, and this is like. 2020 uh, mm-hmm. that this was released um but edward wins in the fights in his imaginings because he can read everyone's minds right <laughs> his two he's his wits are too powerful i, I love that they're like uh, uh, a an rpg party in this like like the Collins have the world's worst actual play podcast is what it sounds like <laughs> to me like they are just they like half of it is taking place uh, between like their minds so they don't get to record it um Jasper can change everyone's mood uh like it sounds like <laughs> one of them just wants to kill every npc they come across like it but it, it's so funny that they have like a tank uh a wizard <laughs> uh, um, like it's just uh, our isometric RPG is just really coming together. Oh, fuck. How... Mm, like, it, it's fun to goof on the weird lack of vampire lore in this. But uh-huh. at the same time, the more I'm learning, the more I'm like, yeah, there's kind of some sick lore here. Like... Yeah. Maybe they're not traditional vampires, but, like, they, you could do some stuff with this. Like, I, I, I want this series to be dorkier if that makes sense like i Uh need i need more uh vampire mind battles and like power showdowns and stuff right like this could so easily be like an insanely cool shonen anime right between a bunch of different vampire power having guys right like ugh this yeah. is cool. This is yeah. fucking sweet. I mean, that's what makes it sort of a bummer to get it's like back back to your your regularly scheduled programming when you go mm-hmm. back to Twilight because I'm like this kind of rocks <laughs> and I want to I want to know more. Yeah. Um, about the vampire family, they're did, so weird. Did did this chapter you have 
um, get into any of the amazing stuff that we discovered last week with their house? Like, did, did we learn, did they say anything about the computers lining the walls or the, the third floor where they do crimes or anything like that? Um, I think there is actually some of that weirdly not in this chapter, but the one after. Oh, um, exciting. All, all we get from this, as far as like details about their lives, is the huge kitchen table that they have, even though they don't need it. And then we also got a rundown of all their cars. Um, Ooh. Let me find the spot. The entire way home, the charge silence did not lift. I parked in the big garage off the house. Carlisle's Mercedes was there next to Emmett's big Jeep. Rose's M3 and my Vanquish. <laughs> Whoa, Wait. he has a Vanquish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not just the Volvo. It's not just the Volvo is like his stealth car. Yeah. He has a fucking Vanquish? He does. I don't know what that means. This is the thing. I don't know cars like a even Vanquish, a little bit. <laughs> a Vanquish is like a fucking James Bond car. Like, like that, that kind of like luxury sports car type Is thing. Is it an Aston Martin? Uh, Van V Vanquish. Uh, it might be an Aston Martin. I here, here I'm revealing that I am also not, uh, I, I know like what it looks like. Uh, this Vanquish is just, car. It's just such a funny detail to me because it tells me nothing because I'm not a car person, right? Like I would be told way more about these characters by, by like, uh, Rosalie's, uh, shiny red sports car, right? Cause this doesn't mean anything to me. Although it does say something about Edward's character that he's reflecting or no, or like knows or thinks about the car makes and models, right? Yeah. Well, but I don't know if that's supposed to come across. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be like, ah, Edward, the car guy. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice looking car, the Vanquish. Yeah, yeah. It, but, it, but like, it totally, it's I, I, like, I think literally Daniel Craig drives this in Casino Royale, right? Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. That, it's that kind of thing. You would stick out driving that around Forks, Washington. Definitely. But like, yeah, you're, you're totally right. It's, it's, it's very funny. On on Stephanie Meyer's website, she claims that the car stuff is like a tribute to her siblings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that like she asked like what are some cool cars that the family would have, um, or characters would have, and like they they gave her recommendations, right? And I think that that does kind of stick out if 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 we believe that, which I I kind of have no reason not to believe it, right? Right. Um, it it it's just sort of a funny kind of cute quirk in that they really don't seem to be particularly good character extensions right like because if it was just like if it's just like oh rosalie is very image obsessed so she has a shiny sports car Mm -hmm. that would make sense i don't know what uh, aside from it just looking very nice i don't know what edward sees in the vanquish you know what i mean yeah i mean it's sort of the same issue um, I mean, I guess I can't say issue about something that is an no. answer in an interview where she describes what Edward's musical taste is in that it says, like, less than nothing about his character <laughs> to say, like, oh, he likes alt rock and a little bit of punk rock and a little bit of emo. Like, that tells me nothing. But if mm-hmm. she was just like, he loves Pearl Jam, right. that would, like, yes. say something to me, right? It, yes. It's, like, sort of the same thing where it's, like, when you rattle off all these cars that they own that gives you the effect of, like, Stephanie Meyer thinks these cars are cool. But if, say, Edward, every time uh, he, like, went on a drive with Bella, if he said, like, uh, 
like, like, let's go to the Volvo. That would tell me something about his character, right? If he continually referred to it <laughs> yes. that way. Yeah, if he was, like, a nerd for Volvos, right? In the yeah. way that he is for baseball. Um, uh, that that would make total sense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a thin line to walk, and it's very funny. It, this is one of the... Easy is not the right word for this, but I think this is usually one of the most effortless parts of of character um, writing that you see. I, I think a lot of people just do it like completely unconsciously, right? I mean, like 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 characters are never not going to be somewhat self indulgent reflections of the author, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's just what writing is. That's that's the fun part, right? Like there there's nothing that is ever going to like purely 100% be a character that has no nothing fun that the author knows or likes or wants to write about in the character Mm -hmm. um you know if (laughs) i mean like this is an extreme example but like the, the 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 constant debate about like sexy character design right you could you can come up with any excuse you could even just say like oh this character is very confident in their sexuality or whatever you still wrote a character who is like, okay, but they have the rubies out all the time, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, nothing wrong with that, but like that is that is, you know, but that is a very common way of doing this. What's what's funny about this Stephanie Meyer thing is it's like I don't believe that the car thing or I mean I'm I'm taking her at her word rather that the car thing is not her and it's just a tribute to her siblings. <laughs> yeah. Um and so like I have like 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 Edward just having a, a an Aston Martin vanquish is just like it, it's 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 self-indulgent or it rather it's indulgent in the sense that like that's an insanely expensive nice car but it's not really self-indulgent on Stephanie Meyer's part because it's like well but like she doesn't love Aston Martins, so it's not. There's no. It's not an excuse, right? Like like normally you have something that you like as a as a writer, and you want to include it and talk about it in your story, <laughs> and so you dress it up in a way that serves the story. Yeah. And this is just like, oh, it's an expensive car. I I know. I heard the name of. Right. I <laughs> mean, you could make conflict around the vanquish, right? Yeah. Like, like say, like he invites Bella over to try to smooth out the situation, but oops, left the vanquish out, and she's like, "Hey, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? What is yeah. that? Right?" Or, and then it's like, "Damn it, I screwed up again." That's a good way he, to include a vanquish. Yeah. Or like, does he does he comment about how like he wishes he could drive it, but it's too high profile or anything like that? Like, right. Like, like, yeah, like, it's, it's just very funny that they all have very expensive, I, I guess the, the closest one to, to, like, making sense is, like, Emmett driving a Jeep. Yes. Makes total sense, that's right? Just, that's just normal, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one that, like, strikes me as, like, oh, yeah, that's that character, that character would like a big, blocky, strong off-road car, right? Like, that makes sense. Um... And, like, if Rosalie had a, like, it doesn't need to be a vanquish, but, like, Rosalie just having any sports car makes sense, right? Or, like, a convertible or whatever. But, like, Edward, I'm like, what about the vanquish speaks to Edward, I guess? Like, or, or sports cars at all? Like, right. Because um, I wouldn't call, at this point in the story, I guess from, like, what I've read, I, I, I have a lot of thoughts about Edward, but I certainly wouldn't call him, uh, image obsessed really so far right and like mm-hmm. that's why you would get a sports car you know is as to say something about your wealth or your uh 
you know your ta- your taste right and like it, it, it's it, it, the, the honestly having the volvo was sort of the um the one that stuck out as like being oh this this is a constructed character trait because it's like you know if, if rosalie has like a fancy sports car but edward has this sort of like nice but practical car right it's sort of a mm-hmm. classic car it's like yeah that sounds like edward like he's he's uh he, he's he's dedicated to staying undercover right he's got a car that's like 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 there's a lot of i know that there are just a lot of volvo nerds out there but it's like not a like a ferrari or something right like that makes sense like but that that fits for him and then finding out he has the the james bond car it's very funny like oh okay like well he just has in it's in a bunch of cars like yeah i'm not trying to be mean but it just seems very childish like i'm gonna tell you what it reminds me of it reminds me of being uh i have this extremely distinct memory of being in like fifth grade Mm -hmm. um and i had like a friend over or something and we were it was like uh our parents aren't letting us get whatever pets we want and then we sat down and we're like okay well when i am grown up i'm going to have five dogs and 10 cats <laughs> and two parrots and like all of this, that's what it reminds me of yes. honestly yes it is it like right it is it is pure fantasy um and and not in the sense that it's like made up but it's just like this is these are dream cars right and mm-hmm. this is a garage full of dream cars and i guess it establishes that they're wealthy but none of the other work that you might expect for that kind of thing uh, uh, to to sort of, like, make it fit inside the story, none of that is there. Yeah, because they're still pretending to be high schoolers in, in like, the public school at Force Washington, right? Yeah, like, if they're having this conversation about, like, oh, the humans can't suspect us, it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have, like, a garage that's, like, you know like the gdp of a small island nation right it's like uh, so did you have the vanquish like shipped and like you drove the volvo or yeah they have this giant mansion full of cars uh but the, you know they're keeping a low profile out here yeah and then they're like having this conversation where rosalie's like well she hit her head so i'll just go like kill her in the night and they'll just think that she hit her head harder than uh, whatever to, to hide our secret and it's just like okay well i'm gonna oh, take a take the vanquish out for a for a cruise later <laughs> does carlisle push back on that is he like no i'm i'm like i can't my reputation will be ruined i'm a doctor here like th- does he no not at all oh fuck see i'm fuck now i'm doing the harry potter thing i'm just writing twilight for for for, for meyer here but i know i know <laughs> I it's just kind want, of easy I, to do when it's yeah. like sort of cool yeah th- these are cool ideas being tossed around here anyway um shall we move to the next chapter is there anything else important that happens in this one? Uh, nope, that's pretty much it. So let's yeah. a go. Let's a go. Um, I have a, a, a much smaller summary this week. Um, oh sure. Uh, you know, I kind of wrote some paragraphs out for the last two. Uh, there's not enough that happens in this one for that. Uh, Bella goes to school. It's nearly time for the dance. A bunch of boys ask her for the da- to the dance, and she says, "No, I'm going to Seattle." And she <laughs> kind of like, 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 like gets annoyed at all these boys asking her out. And Jessica, her friend, wants her to go and hang out at the dance. And she's just like, "Oh, I just wish Edward would talk to me again." Um, 
And then Edward talks to her and it's like, hey, I heard you're going to Seattle. And she's like, yeah, but I thought you said that we shouldn't talk to each other anymore. And he said, well, yeah, but like, I said we shouldn't, but what if we did? <laughs> and that's the whole chapter is just that. That's all that happens. And I fucking loved it. That's that's juicy right there. We got some we got a school dance chapter. This is so good. This is the shit I am here for. Um it literally nothing happens. This is the I think the <laughs> most internal chapter so far. Mm-hmm. Um uh you know, like we had we had a little a little action break last week um and you know, there was some kind of more stuff moving forward and some some uh some some straightforward action but this is just the most bella has been in her own head this entire book so far and it's great i really like bella in this story yeah um, she has so so she's back i mean you know she, or not at all rattled by her experience with the car nah. um she is back to uh um just wishing that all these boys would leave her alone, uh, and 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 that uh, you know having incredibly cynical, self-deprecating thoughts about her uh, um, ask out ability. I guess there's some really fun. Oh god, there's just so much. F- mm, I I honestly don't know where to start with this one. Just it's it's pure character. I loved it so much. She's probably upset that she's an 8 out of 10 now. She's like, why did I move somewhere where I'm an 8 out of 10? Damn it. Like, the first, so the first thing she says going back to school after, like, nearly dying is, uh, uh, to my dismay, I found myself the center of attention for the rest of the week. Tyler was impossible, following me around, obsessed with making amends to me somehow, which is already very funny. Like, oh, this guy, oh, oh, he wants to, fuck, just go away. Uh, I tried to convince him what I wanted more than anything else was for him to forget about it, especially since nothing had actually happened to me. But he remained insistent. He followed me between classes and sat at our now crowded lunch table. Mike and Eric were even less friendly towards him than they were to each other, which made me worry that I'd gained another unwelcome fan. Like she's just she's just tired of collecting all these boys that like want to ask her out. Uh, It's 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 really really funny like i i this this is we talked about this a little bit last week but it's like this this is very much a like like not like other girls tiresome tightrope right Mm -hmm. but there is so extreme though it's so extreme and there's just something really fun about a romance where like like it's not it's like a it's like a harem anime where, where the <laughs> protagonist just doesn't give a shit about anyone who wants to ask her <laughs> out, right? Like, like the like if I don't know, like I don't know, fucking fruits basket or something. But like the main character is just like, can you guys just fucking leave me alone? Like I just want to. I'm doing. I'm I'm in school prison. I'm done. Like I I got bigger fish to fry uh, than, than to go to a dance. It's really really charming. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's like. It circles back around on itself as being, like, the ultimate uh, not-like-other-girls fantasy in that it's, like, I'm not like other girls um, and everybody loves me and I just, I, I'm too, I'm fucking sick of it, right? Like, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it, it's 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 so funny, too, because she is a, a great character in the sense it's, like, she she is tired of attention, 
and doesn't want these boys asking her out. But at the same time, she's also like in her own head and convinced that Edward hates her now. Um, and so it's sort of like a, a, a very satisfying character to read at, at a stage of the story where it's like kind of nothing is good enough for her. Right. It's like mm-hmm. being a, like like ha- getting attention is annoying. But what's even worse than getting attention is getting no attention, right? Like, like there's just this, like, really fun sense of, like, her not really knowing or understanding what she wants or, or, or like, she, she waffles back and forth on, like, whether she thinks she's worried that, like, oh, Edward, you know, Edward wishes I had fucking died. Oh, I'm, I am the most, I am the most oppressed person on earth right and or or she's like i wish edward would fucking leave me alone he's so stupid and i hate him and he keeps laughing when i walk past and i i just never want to see him again like she's just bella has very believable like like it's not even just teen angst really it's just like whenever whenever you are just like uh 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 upset or depressed about something and you don't really know what it is, and so just every any any input is going to get turned into something negative, uh, uh, rather than like cheer you up or whatever. It's just a really fun version of that, I think. Yeah, it, it, it nails literally this, what right? high school is like. Yeah, yeah. Any any stimulus is going to get a, get you a negative response. Like like there like it's a very very relatable. Uh, 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 like down in the dumps mood being portrayed here. It's just really fun. Like she's just she's just very very uh, entertaining to read. I guess that rocks. Um, yeah, I feel like it seems like one of those things where it made people really mad that mm-hmm. that she's like that, and um, that's silly. Like, like it shouldn't make you mad. It's goofy. It's like getting getting mad at kids doing Fortnite dances. Like it's <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I I certainly see a lot of just my own like like you know uh, like high school feelings in here, right? Where it's just like the problem isn't that I am or am not getting attention from the people I want to get attention from. It purely is just like. Sometimes your feelings don't make any fucking sense, really. Like that, that you just kind of have to be able to like step away from yourself and recognize that 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 might be what's happening. Or like maybe you, maybe you haven't had some water, or uh, you need a you need a snack or something. But it's just like everything is going to piss you off, right? Um, but Bella, and there's this really fun and kind of sweet area that this chapter is operating in where it's like it's it's so it's over the top enough that it's fun to read and also i think that it's sort of fun that bella is acting and describing everything you know still in raymond chandler mode still sounds like a noir detective sounds very mature but like also is not recognizing that right mm-hmm. like just just that that the, this is not this is not the end of the world. Like you're 17 or whatever, right? Like it's it's uh, it just works. It, it it's all clicking here. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and like the, also just like the mechanics of it are very fun. Like this this sort of there's this sort of like sitcom structure to this chapter where it's like first Mike 
or, or no, first Jess, because it's so the, the, something that's important about this chapter is that this is the girl's choice dance. Oh, yeah. Um, th- there's a fun observation here in that, like, only one girl asks one of the boys out and then all of the other boys come to to Bella and are like, I was wondering if you were going to ask me out. Like it's just, they just like flip it around. That's cheating. <laughs> They're cheating. It's really funny. Like it, and like I, I just, I, I, whether it's on purpose or not, I, I, I almost don't care. It's just such a funny, uh, portrayal of how stupid high school is. Really, it's <laughs> like, like all of this is so fucking dumb and yeah. and, 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 and meaningless and. Uh, outright cruel in a lot of ways, right? Like this is just so such a stupid thing to put kids through. Yeah. Um, like yeah. So 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 Jessica, who is a character now, which is very weird. Um, friend? Uh, yeah, fr- friend? Question mark. Bella okay. doesn't really have friends. Is kind of what it seems like. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Je- Jessica wants to ask Mike. Mike says maybe because really he wants to ask Bella. Bella comes up with a lie and says, uh, I'm going to be in Seattle that week, uh, that weekend. Then uh, Eric asks her and um, also gets the I'm going to be gone in Seattle that weekend. Then driving out of the school, uh Edward stops his car in front of Bella's so to like as kind of like a wingman move for Tyler so Tyler can get out of the car and and <laughs> it turns out that Tyler has been like like Bella was spot on Tyler uh gets out of the car and asks if Bella wants to ask him to the dance and she of course again says no I'm going to Seattle Edward is like in the car in front so he can obviously mind read that and know that that's bullshit um and it's just like like there is there is a structure to this that is it's it, like th- this is like a, just a, a fun little episode i guess in 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 the school it, it's it's really charming it's very cute yeah yeah do do you get much background on the on the boys no, like, 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 almost none. Which, 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 honestly, makes it kind of funnier. I think, like, we we get names. They are not like like something that is is so funny about this is like much like the setting. I guess the boys are just like not physically described, other than Edward. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Edward. You know, she's she's constantly thinking about Edward and thinking about oh, his 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 luscious hair. Uh, his golden eyes, which are getting darker over the course of the chapter, she notices. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, she she's constantly thinking about Edward's like sparkly skin. But then when it's like Mike and and Eric and Tyler, they're just like, oh, Mike asked me out. Tyler asked me. Like we don't know what they look like. She doesn't care. Like she's not thinking about that. Do you she's have- think. Do you have her having conversations with them? Specifically, Eric. I think. Um. So she, she, all three of them, she sort of like has a little conversation where she, um, uh, kind of lets them down easy, you know. So like when when Eric, um, uh, uh, uh asks her, um, let's see, 
I was wondering if you would go to the spring dance with me. His voice broke on the last word. I thought it was girl's choice, I said, too startled to be diplomatic. Well, yeah, he admitted, shamefaced. Thank you for asking me, but I'm going to be in Seattle that day. Oh, he said. Well, maybe next time. Uh, And that's kind of their conversation in full. (laughs) Oh, so you didn't get the conversation that she has with him about Comic-Con. No. (laughs) Okay, that's the other shoe that drops, I suppose. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. No. What the fuck? Yeah. Um. I mean, this chapter is Edward observing all of this happening, right? And he's having all of this like internal conflict because he's like super jealous, um, and has this like epiphany moment where he's like, wait. Bella is probably interested in human boys. Um, And so he's just observing all of this happen. And um, he knows that Mike is going to ask her out. Obviously, he's Mm -hmm. reading everyone's minds. um, But in his, like, observance, he's running down this list of all the ways that Bella is just an angel and is like the perfect person <laughs> on this earth and is just like so nice. And he he kind of like categorizes the boys into like these three types and he's like, which will she go for? And it's like Mike, the popular guy, Eric, the nerd, and Tyler, the average guy. So it's like a Goldilocks situation <laughs> where he's like, who's it going to be? Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, but as one of the like reasons that Edward is like, wow, she is just like a good person is because I'll just read it, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here is his example about why she's so good. Then there was the time at lunch when Jessica and Lauren were talking about the number one dream destinations on their bucket lists. Jessica chose Jamaica, only to feel immediately one-upped when Lauren countered with the French Riviera. Tyler chimed in with Amsterdam, thinking of the famous red light district, and the others began sounding off. I waited anxiously for Bella's answer to the question, but before Mike, who liked the idea of Rio, could ask for her take, Eric enthusiastically named Comic-Con, and the tale of table erupted in laughter. What a dork, Lauren hissed. Jessica snickered. I know, right? Tyler rolled his eyes. You're never going to get a girlfriend, Mike told Eric. Bella's voice, louder than her usual timid volume, (laughs) cut into the melee. No, that's cool, Bella insisted. That's where I'd want to go, too. Oh, fuck. Oh, this is some lore. And then, and then Edward reads her mind and is like, Bella doesn't even know where Comic-Con is. She's just being nice. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, she'd want to go to, like... I don't know, she'd go visit an old house in England or something that they filmed Pride and Prejudice in or oh, something. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, she wants to that... go to the Wuthering Heights. <laughs> That's so funny. That's, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, he'd go to Comic-Con. I mean, the, the funniest part of this conversation, honestly, is that that him saying, Eric saying Comic-Con is, like, the only uh, remotely uh, believable teen answer. nobody's nobody's sitting around going like oh i'd go to the french riviera what the fuck are you talking about most of the people i knew in high school wouldn't know what a riviera is like what the yeah Yeah, stan eric who just wants to go to comic-con the the, the two places that everyone i knew in high school would like want to go if they had free time is like uh i want to go to gamestop or 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 comic-con or like the shooting range or something what the fuck are you talking about i want to go to rio Who's going to Rio? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. I was very curious if I would ever get like 
a Bella conversation that wasn't in original Twilight. So yeah. that's fascinating. So that's that is one. Yeah, and, I mean, and and like cute detail that it is her just lying to be polite, right? Like, yeah, and um, that's like his. He's like, oh, she always intervenes when, um, when someone is like being picked on or whatever. Did you have right. um Tara the stoner in biology class? No, what the fuck? You're I'm you're getting, getting all the good yeah, shit. Yeah, you're getting crazy shit. This is awesome. Yeah, um, there's like a scene in his list of ways she's good where um, she and Mike are like in a group um, for biology class and she invites Tara, the stoner girl, um, so that she can help her with her grade so she won't fail the class. What? Yeah. Yeah, no, no Tara in this. In the, Yeah, wow. I, I mean, like, I really enjoyed what I had, like, just very funny, like, like you know, comedy of errors of, of, of Bella getting cornered uh, and then and, and, like awkwardly asked out to a to a dance. <laughs> but like, yeah, fuck, no Comic Con, no, no stoner character. This is crazy. This is I, great. I honestly, my chapter feels like Stephanie Meyer sat down uh, and had to brainstorm why a vampire would be interested in a high school girl, except right. she just wrote it out. Because it's like Edward <laughs> brainstorming why he likes Bella. I, I will say, if there's one thing that sounds a little disappointing about this, and and this is purely just a, like, w- what I'm enjoying and, and, and wishing I would be getting more of out of the story, is that I kind of wish what, what Edward saw in Bella was not that she was pure and, and good and nice and wonderful under the surface. I, I wish that it was just like, oh my god, she's just as cynical as I am, you know? Like... <laughs> I mean, that would be a very funny, like, misunderstanding, though, right? Like, yeah. oh, she's so pure and good, and then they, like, hang out together. And <laughs> but, she just, and like, bitches same, about, right? yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. because this whole time he's very, like, upset about the possible future. So he's like, right. I'm going to I'm going to ruin her. I'm either going to kill her or make her into a vampire. And, th- and mm-hmm. that would be really cute if, like, they finally got to know each other, and he's like, oh, no, you are like me. Yeah. We're the same. That would yeah. be adorable. Yeah, it's it's very funny because yeah, th- th- this chapter is like maybe the meanest and 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 like just pithiest that that uh, that Bella has been uh, entirely. I mean, she even she even says like in this chapter that's like she's depressed. Like she just she just says like 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 Renee at one point. Um, you know that the she says the tenor of my emails had changed enough. Uh, that you know that her mom. Uh, uh, recognize that she was depressed. Oh, um, I hate when the tenor of my emails <laughs> the change. The tenor of my emails change. <laughs> Hope I'm finding you on a good day or whatever. Whatever people say in emails now. Hope this email finds you depressed. Hope this email yeah. finds you depressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, all the best. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's. She she is so in her own head about the about the Edward stuff um, that that it's 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 very funny. I I mean I guess I guess it still works right. It's like 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 Edward is seeing through her to like her 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 real good like innate goodness inside right. But it it, it is That's so boring funny. though. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> what's fun about Bella is that she just fucking ah oh, she's she's so so down in the dumps about everything. Um, Which makes them a great match. I spent like yeah. most of this chapter. He it's framed as Edward reviewing his torments. 
like literally he says that he's like <laughs> i'm going o- i'm tormented here are all of the ways let me count the ways and it's right? like and it's yeah. it's really funny because it like seesaws between like uh my primal thirst and the monster and then he'd be like and fucking mike newton <laughs> That's so good. It is. Yeah. Yeah. He he he's really fun in my version of the chapter as well. Edward is almost like a Greek chorus or something in this one where he keeps on like showing up to laugh at Bella when when things are going <laughs> poorly. Um, he's like constantly looming like in doorways or like like, you know, in the parking lot. Um, uh-huh. uh, he, he's like always watching her. Uh, and he, he just, when they finally meet and talk at the very end of the chapter, um, uh, when, when she's pulling into, into the school and, and he kind of catches up with her, uh, their conversation is really like combative. Mm -hmm. I, I think the most striking thing about this book so far and I mentioned this before, but but this chapter I think has really sold it to me, is that I totally get why people liked Edward so much. Like like I feel like any any amateurish writing, um, and any cliches and and, and, and any of this stuff, it's none of that fucking matters in a romance novel, really, if the if the object of the romance is fun to read about. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like, does anyone really care about the plot of the John Wick movies, you know? <laughs> like, they're there, and, like, they, they, they serve the most, the, the barest, you know, uh, uh, set dressing so we can have the insanely cool gunfights. But, like, we're not there to see the plot, we're there to see Keanu Reeves do gun karate, right? And this is the same thing, only we're here to see an effortlessly charming guy be charming, you know? Right, <laughs> like, right. And he is really fucking charming in this chapter to me. Uh, I, He is... They have this, like... Like, playful banter in this, where it's like, she's mad, but also, like, she's happy that he's talking to her finally, right? So there's just this sort of, like... Like 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 fun venom that they're sort of like like trading. I just it it works for me, it, and it totally explains like how this could have possibly been uh, uh so popular. So it's like yeah, the guy kind of rocks to read about. Like he is fun. He is he's he's got it. He's got that. He's got that feeling. You know, like yeah. I mean, I think that's why I was on the hook for most of the books, right? Yeah. As I was like, oh. There's there's something here. There's like I I wanna I wanna read more about this guy. Um and I, I think that's like why I quit through Breaking Dawn is that it, it turns out that the like <laughs> conclusion of the fantasy is so wretched to me. It it's it, it's it's a bummer. It sounds like it sounds like what's coming is that they shed this and it becomes like a fairy tale romance, right? Yeah. Where whereas like what is so fun about their relationship when it's in these early sort of contentious will they or won't they stage mm-hmm. is it's like like there's the bit where where Tyler is asking Bella out um because Edward has like parked his car or like stopped his car in front of her right 
um, where there's a moment where she like looks like like looks in front of her and sees that like Edward is is looking at her through his rearview mirror and like giggling about it, right? <laughs> where there's just like they they have this sort of like like it's 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 like it, they they have the like what's a good I'm trying to think like reach for like another character like famous character relationship right where where it's like they're 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 they they te- they're teasing each other a lot but like there there's just this underlying sense of like it's out of you know it's out of like adoration for each other and not like really malicious right like it's it's you know she she is kind of rude to him but is obviously internally because we can we can we are she is the perspective character like we know what she really feels about him right and he mm-hmm. is sort of like unable to like neither of them are able to actually talk about their feelings right um and and instead they just sort of like they're throwing spitballs at each other from across the 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 lunchroom is kind of the vibe it has and like that's really fun to read it's not uh it's it's not a it's not a storybook romance yet and it's right. I'm, I'm gonna enjoy this while it lasts right yeah i mean i i think that like maybe this is a hot take, but I feel like this is sort of a fantasy about um guy who is a jerk to you uh because he cares about you, right? And like I'm not saying that's like good or bad, but like the worst right. thing is when someone's a jerk to you and they don't care about you. But <laughs> like this is this is the like they there's a magnetism there that, you know, they're kind of um teasing and but there's like there's like that magic thing that's there that's pulling them together that i don't know yeah it feels like fun yeah well, and, I, and i think i think with, with the crucial balance that it's striking is that it really does feel like his jerkiness is really really low level right mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. he he is really not so far actually all that mean and he's certainly not cruel it's more just like he is only able to put up humor as a wall right Uh like and 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 like there there is there isn't a single comment he makes or or um you know like joke he tells or, or thing he laughs at that is like not a little bit self-effacing as well, I uh-huh. think. In that that his any joke he tells at Bella's expense really feels like he is it, it it feels like a fencing maneuver, right? Where it's like he is then leaving himself open for whatever her retort is going to be, right? Because she has just as many barbs for him, right? And like this is sort of how they flirt at this point is just yeah. like saying mildly sarcastic things to each other um and i it just it 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 feels like they're evenly matched i guess is the thing right it's just like it's like it's not like he is being a jerk to her and she starts crying and he laughs about it it's like he is a jerk to her and then she is immediately able to like fire back right and they just keep going back and forth and that that makes that's really fun to read right like it just you know maybe it's not the best 
real world relationship that someone could have, but it it is cute, right? Like it's it's fun to read. It's it's fun to imagine having this like sparring partner almost, uh-huh. right? Oh, definitely, um, yeah. And it it honestly works pretty well from Edward's perspective as well, in that like he is consistently surprised by her answers too. Like he's having sort of the same reaction um, mm-hmm. to her having something to fire back and and he's i mean he's very like fall on the sword guy which is a little bit tiresome right Mm -hmm. he's like we shouldn't be friends but why am i talking to you like i just can't help it which is just sort of goofy but every time that she fires back at him he's like a little like tripped up every Mm -hmm. single time Mm -hmm. um in a way that makes him just uh, like you said not feel cruel yeah, yeah. It 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 definitely feels like they are just evenly matched opponents, right? And cuz mm-hmm. like cuz like this is how both of them are expressing their interests to each other. Right. Is like just kind of like being a little backhanded with everything. Um it's so funny that that his internal monologue is so um up on the cross about about things because yeah. like his 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 external dialogue in this is so good and that like halfway through the chapter in one of the scenes where he's just sort of like looming and, and smirking at her <laughs> is that um they do have a a, a moment of, of seriousness between them where he says like we we it would be better if we weren't friends um and then and then turns around and, and walks away and, and bella kind of stews about that for a bit but then when they meet in the in the parking lot at the end and he offers to drive her to Seattle and kind of calls her bluff on the Seattle lie, mm-hmm. um, she goes, oh, I thought you said we shouldn't be friends. And and his his response is so – he's very suave here. He's like, I said it would be better if we weren't friends, not that I didn't want to be, right? And he's, he's just got – he's got that like – I don't know – like James Bond wit, right? Where it's like he, he always has the the dry answer for everything. And it mm-hmm. it's it's fun to imagine him really being that confident, you know? And mm-hmm. and th- I guess this just gets back into the like the 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 object of desire thing where it's like you know, learning about what he's really thinking maybe kind of rubs some of the shine off of that, but it's 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 still a great moment where he's just like, yeah, but you know. I said we shouldn't. I didn't say I wouldn't, right? Like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, though, he d- he can't read her mind, so he doesn't know the Seattle thing was a oh, lie. Oh, right. Of course. I totally forgot about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was, like, fr- I was like frantically looking back, like, oh, did he know? Is that, like, a plot hole? And then I'd already forgotten that he couldn't read her mind. <laughs> yeah, no, you're totally... I also completely forgot. Yeah, so, so he really... Okay, so he is really putting himself out there. It's not calling him. It's not calling her bluff out at all, right? Okay. No, no, he's just uh, inviting her on a drive in the Volvo to Seattle. That's so funny. Oh, I hope they listen to some CDs on the way. I hope so too. The there, there's also a little bit of fun. I, I'm predicting there's a little bit of fun set up here because the first person that Bella kind of has to like elaborate on on the lie for a little bit is her dad um Mm. where you know because because he you know they they talk a little bit about the dance and she goes like oh no you know mike asked me but i i told him i'm gonna be gone uh i'm going to seattle he's like oh do you want me to drive you and and she so first of all like that that's a very funny you know that's a very sweet dad thing to do but also like her 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 immediate reaction is like 
oh no um actually i'm going clothes shopping so you you'd be so bored and she <laughs> there like again another lie on top of this because she she says here that like uh, uh what what is the uh uh do you want to come do you want me to come with you i tried to be crafty as i hid my horror that's all right dad i'll probably just be in dressing rooms all day very boring oh okay the thought of sitting in women's clothing stores for any period of time immediately put him off so he, she's just like adding more lies to the pile to like get out <laughs> of having to interact with anyone <laughs> um and i just love i love this kind of like reverse women be shopping joke of like <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm doing clothes shopping. He's like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, yeah, boring. yeah. <laughs> um, but I I imagine that if Bella now tells her dad that Edward is taking her to Seattle, he's gonna be like, wait, I thought you were clothes shopping. So are you taking this boy clothes <laughs> shopping? Like, I I'm seeing, I'm looking down. The, I'm like, ooh, this is the the drama is piling up. The the setups here. I I, I hope this pays off because it's very fun. Edward's been going to Seattle a lot. Yeah, well, he ran, so he ran to Seattle. He, he's been last running chapter, to Seattle right? every day. Wow, what's he do there? He just is nothing. He's just working off some <laughs> he's steam. Just, he's just going there. He's not like going. I don't know. He's not going to like Pike Place Market or something. Like what's? No, what's, he's just what's... running back and forth from Seattle to Forks. <laughs> I think it's a three and a half hour drive. Yeah, it's a long drive, but I guess how? So is he just running? For like a few minutes and he's there? I like, don't know. That's... I don't know. Wow. So this is going to be like a leisurely thing for him. You know, a, a long drive that he could normally run. Uh... I don't... So that's the thing. Because if someone could run to... Like run a three hour drive in three hours, that's impressive, right? But yeah. does he run faster than you could drive? Absolutely. Well, I, we know he has to, right? Because like when he does his vampire speed thing he's like invisible to oh everyone, yeah i guess right? he like blinks right yeah he's like the flash practically that's so, crazy yeah so if he's getting there god that's so funny like he is a superman though he is superman this is lois and superman none of, they don't act like vampires is the problem right I, yeah and that's like probably the most disappointing part and i I'm not trying to be mean, but they really, like, at their vampire council meeting, like, come across as, like, I, I don't know, It's it really is, like, family meeting, but is, like, the the family meeting um, at Denny's after church. <laughs> this is after the Little League game? Yeah, like... it's, like, a very, like, ideal... Um, it it puts a lot of moral goodness on the family unit and it's like right. they can't have a family unit because they are vampires but they have chosen to because it's a moral good also they're dating each other also they're dating each other also they're dating each other how does okay how does that work by the way it's a uh, secret it's a secret that they <laughs> okay, are they're so, married but they're a family but so, they're siblings but they're married so, okay so so they're mad at edward for saving bella's life and for potentially you know and the revealing the vampire secret uh but you guys were like fucking married so like if you guys like hold the hands or something in public and someone sees it we have a big problem like 
Yeah, it's really fucking weird because it's like it's like that's their cover, right? Is that they're all siblings? Right. Yeah. But, it, but at home, it's more like like family unit with <laughs> brothers and sisters in law, right? Yeah, it's yes, yeah, it's like they're meeting for Thanksgiving dinner or something, right? Or yes. like they're there for Christmas. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. That is very fucking weird. And, and I will more- say, like, there's all this weird stuff going on, and the thing that they don't ever seem like is vampires. Right. Like, sure, like, X-Men counsel a little bit, because they all have their, like, special little power, so they're <laughs> reading each other's minds and seeing the future and all this stuff, and then they also seem like the wholesome, moral, good family, like, nuclear family unit, but they never seem like vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I there is a version of Twilight that is almost exactly the same, but all of the stuff that's like accidentally kind of like weird and freakish about them actually is part of the story, right? Like uh-huh. I like you could do if you do like a little bit more twisted version of Twilight, right? Like that 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 would work, I think. Cuz there's a lot of fucking weird shit going on in this story. Like they're yeah. fucking married. That's weird. That's fucking weird. <laughs> I, I, in the same way that I'm like, I want vampires to have fangs. Mm-hmm. I want them to be like a little evil or even yeah. just like struggle with not being evil. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't mean like struggling against their like instincts. Right. Cause really they're like struggling against their id. They're like, I want to eat. I'm hungry, but that's not evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the vampires need a little bit of that detachment, right, uh-huh. from society. And like, what's weird is that like the thing, the one thing that does make them seem detached is that like they own a bunch of sports cars and a giant mansion that's like very conspicuous. Mm-hmm. But that isn't part of the story. You know what I mean? Like that isn't like them being bad at blending in is not on purpose. And I don't think, I mean, like, they are blending in very well, in truth, right? Like, in, in yeah. the story. Um, no one seems to mind or, or, or be suspicious that uh, uh, the 17-year-old drives a, drives a V12 Vanquish around. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, I like, I want to see a little bit more alienation from them, I guess. Is, it, it, you know, they're, they certainly, they're talking about worry, being worried about being exposed, but like them being in hiding for so long, I think really needs to have some consequences for their behavior, right? Like, like you know, they're they're not up on pop pop culture. They're, they don't they don't really understand human motivations for things, right? Like, I mean, like this is a fucking romance. Maybe they don't understand the concept of love, right? Like, just it, fucking anything, right? That like separates them, right? As a society from from people. Um, would would go a long way, I think. Yeah, yeah, but it's really like sort of the opposite. And and as much as I loved the vampire council meeting because of their weird powers and like mm-hmm. the conflict and tension between the character, and and like really, you do get the ones that are like we should kill her, but it's like all very um, like it doesn't come across as evil necessarily it's just like how do we make this not worse it's it's desperation right yeah yeah but at the end of the day like it just sort of had bad vibes because it's it's very like good christian family i don't know how Mm. else to describe it Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure that 
maybe Carlisle's power is just being good. Like he's just, <laughs> he's just like, a nice guy. And I'm like, is he? It's a very paternal, like Jesus-like vibe from him. Yeah, that's so funny too because the vibe I got from Carlisle was not that at all in the brief <laughs> appearance he had last chapter. Carlisle just seemed like the world's shittiest doctor. I'm like, gonna look up his power because I no, you can't just Google Carlisle. I guess Carlisle. Carlisle colon the actor that plays him. It's just not what I pictured at all. Age when turned twenty three. Oh my god! Changed in sixteen sixty three. Hello. Whoa, awesome. Created by, created by an ancient vampire living in the sewers of London? Hello? Fuck, fuck, Carlisle? yes, fuck, yes, awesome. What the fuck? See, my thing, my joke about how he should be, like, constantly referencing, like, old, outdated medical terms. That could have happened, could have done it. <laughs> he should be putting, he should be, he should be bloodletting people and putting leeches on them and shit. Talking about their humors. Hey, 6'2". Uh, films, 510 and a quarter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> abilities. Basic vampire abilities. Exceptional self-control. Occupation, okay. pastor, human life. Huh. Okay. He, he, so he was a pastor. He was a pastor in <laughs> 1640s. He's an, so okay. he's an Anglican pastor. <laughs> In the 1600s. And his special vampire power is being good and having self-control. This is this could be That's... so fucked, and it's, like, not supposed to be at all. <laughs> so, I, I'm sorry. That is so fucking funny that you were like, oh, yeah, he's just, like, a weird, like, like, like Christian dad. And then we find out that he's a fucking pastor. Like, oh, fuck. He kind of <laughs> nailed that one. Stephanie. He's fucking, he's fucking youth pastoring. He's like this weird, he's these weird married vampire 1600s teenagers. youth pastor. He's like, watch out for witches or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I knew this had bad vibes. Yeah, he's the fucking witch finder general. That's the problem. <laughs> he's Carlisle! Carlisle! Fuck, every time we find something out about Carlisle, he should be a way cooler character than I he know. is, right? Like, this should be he, completely fucked. He should be like the, he should be like the dad from the, the movie The Witch, right? Just like the insane Puritan guy. Like, that would be awesome if he was like a... Right! <laughs> Oh my god. He, like, yeah, fuck, fuck. F pastor from the 1600s. There's a character. But now he's just like a handsome doctor. I need I need more <laughs> lore, Stephanie. He was turned when he was 23. Ah, that's so much. That's so good. God damn it. <laughs> so yeah, bad vibes that are not supposed to be bad. Yeah, yeah, god. If they were bad on purpose, if he's just like a crazy 1600s like anglican pastor that's awesome i'm pretty that could be sure so cool i'm pretty sure that this just means that a character called him this like jokingly but it says alias dr fang dr fang dr but fang no, but there's no fang there's no, there's no fangs. fangs there's no fucking fang so who said that what the fuck are they <laughs> and i hope i hope that he was like uh actually vampires don't have fangs so <laughs> so that doesn't work on me 
<laughs> uh, the doctor, the doctor who has fangs won't hear you say that, but your friends who do have fangs, they will hear that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Vampires need fangs. They do. I, I will not. I will not back down from this hill. No. Um, otherwise, though, God, yeah, the weird shit going on. But I gotta say, just just down at the core, I am. I am enjoying Edward and Bella and their 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 stupid little romance. It's yeah. It's just really charming. Um, yeah. Did you get the bit about how he used like the gas mileage as an excuse? To- no! What? Oh, really? Wait, wait, sorry. Uh, for for her car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yes, like, yes, he's like sorry, I'll drive yes. you because my gas mileage is better or whatever. Yeah, that is. He. <laughs> swag God, Edward, honestly. Right? He thought of all of the, the excuses here. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, I noticed your car probably gets. And to be fair, to be fair, this is another moment that's interesting because um, he can't read her mind, but. She does worry about that in this chapter. Wait, really? Yes, she is worrying. How practical. Um, yeah, she's like, uh, yeah, I, I am going to drive to Seattle, although I might have to stop in, like, a couple places, like Olympia, and 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 she mentions another town, but, like, I'll have to make a stop to get gas a couple times. So, kind of another cute detail, I guess. So, actually, this might be the best detail that, that Midnight Sun is kind of adding to this story, is that I like that Edward is unknowingly being conscious of things that Bella is thinking without reading her mind. Right. That's cute. That is right? cute. I that like is, that. Yeah, that's kind of sweet. Is that he's 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 thinking about these things and 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 uh, uh, addressing them without needing to use brain powers. That's kind of that. That's that, yeah yeah deft deft yeah Stephanie. this works. This works, Stephanie. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, go off. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like 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 <laughs> the lore is is bizarre and the um you know, the writing often leaves a little bit to be desired, but there is no denying that Edward is extremely charming and Bella is fun to read and like the more I read this and and, and granted, I know I know that like I know that there's a turn coming, right? Like, I know that the other shoe is going to drop at some point, and it's going to get a lot more, like, chased in a way that's going to be really boring, right? Um, But, like, right now, my main reaction to this is just like, yeah, I see why this took off. Like, this is... This is juicy. It's tantalizing. It's tantalizing. It's a real... It's a real romance. Mm -hmm. You know, for his, like... Much as we joked about how funny it is that Bella is constantly referencing, like, classic Regency literature and stuff, and 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 how Stephanie keeps on saying, like, oh yeah, my my influences are uh, uh, all the famous British literature that exists, right? <laughs> um, I can't deny that she's kind of captured that vibe, right? Like, like he is it's the, Mr. Darcy. Yeah, he is. He Edward is the the like he would fit right in in a in a in a in a regency drama like he is the like frustrating but nonetheless uh compelling object of desire for the for the for the main character it works it all works yeah yeah all right is there anything else in your chapter that we didn't get to um cuz i'm yes, kind of out actually ooh i perfect. think that i got either what is a scene that is just for me 
or <laughs> it'll be in like your next one. I'm not really sure um, <laughs> because Bella's asleep during it. Um, okay. Uh, he goes to her house and watches her sleep. Uh-oh, um, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Okay, um, I'm taking it all back, taking it all back. <laughs> uh, this is right <laughs> at the <laughs> end <laughs> here. Um, and this is one of the things, because, like, that's the other big criticism, right? Everyone's like, he's a stalker, and he's, like, sneaking into a room at night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he, he, like, gets in the house? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, oh, yeah. we, Edward, I'm taking back your romance points. Uh-oh, the boyfriend points. Oh, yeah, we, we have to do our boyfriend points breakdown we at the do. end of this. Okay, we'll, okay, we'll okay. We'll tally okay. him up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what I'm not sure about, because I don't remember the original Twilight quite well enough, is when she becomes aware that he's, like, chilling around right um, okay and so i don't know if like your chapter next week is just gonna open with like her having a dream or something and having him like be there um but this scene is the most uh, like trying to address the criticism in the dumbest way possible that i it's like looping back around that i'm not even mad about it um mm-hmm. because I, that's like one of the everyone's like this is an, uh, this is an abusive relationship. He's a star. Like it should, you should not romanticize. Uh, you know, men <laughs> like sneaking into your room at night. <laughs> All true. I can't argue with any of that. I suppose. You yeah, um, under no circumstances have you got to hand it to him, etc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I am sure, like as one of the most persistent criticisms, like this must have gotten to Stephanie Meyer um, at some point. Um, and this scene, he is worried that she's going to die. Mm-hmm. And part of that is like, he's worried that he's going to kill her. Cause that was one of the possible futures. And then he gets it into his head that, um, like what if a meteorite hit her house and killed her? And then he's like, <laughs> well, of course, what? What the fuck? <laughs> and then he's like, well, of course the meteorite is a metaphor. Um, oh, okay, man. Of course, it's a metaphor for other freak accidents that could happen, like a carbon monoxide leak or uh, a drunk driver crashing into the house. Uh, what a, are dr- it, what? a drunk driver crashing into the house. Yes, like some other like examples. What are they? Is there a ramp outside the house <laughs> that's going to like... What are his other... He has, like, a couple more. Like, I don't know if it was, like, lightning striking... Like, like just, like, freak accidents. Literally. <laughs> like, what if... And then, and then he's like, oh, but they wouldn't have a gas... It couldn't be a carbon monoxide leak because they don't use coal or, like, all this weird stuff. What? And so he's like, I'll just go for a second and make sure she's okay because it's, like, in my head. Um, which, honestly... <laughs> relatable i totally okay. like i'm yeah. like okay edward okay. i get it i don't yeah think it, okay yeah yeah but again the funniest way to address this like issue um he gets there she's dreaming he she says his name and he's like wow she's dreaming about me um and then he looks over and I will read from it. A small brown spider crawled out from the edge of the closet door. My arrival must have disturbed it. A scientific name for a spider I can't pronounce. 
a hobo spider from its size a juvenile male. No fucking way. Once considered dangerous, more recent scientific study had proven its venom inconsequential to humans. However, its bite was still painful. I reached out with one finger and crushed it silently. (laughs) So, this... Oh my god. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. It's so funny. What the... Okay, so... I am, hmm, I am thinking, I, so many thoughts swirling right yeah, now. Yeah, me too. Okay, okay, so, first of all, um, I think, I think there is a version, there, like, like, there's a version of him watching over her at night that makes sense, and it would be if, related to our previous conversation, the vampires were less human, Right. And he was just a fucking weirdo and didn't understand that that was, like, a totally inappropriate thing to do. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know, I'm, like, watching the human, right? Like, <laughs> Trying to figure this shit out, yeah. If he was, like, a weird dog, right? And it was like, <laughs> it was like yeah, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch this person. It's weird, right? Like, that, if, if, it, if it was in, like, drawing attention to, like, how alien that behavior is, um... Where and that was kind of what I was expecting when you said when you said it sort of gets ahead of the criticism here. I was like, oh, it's gonna be something like that. Like it's gonna explain that, like, you know, he has conflicting thoughts about this behavior, or he doesn't know that it's bad behavior, like something like that. But no, he 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 instead is standing there just inventing scenarios. Like, what if a meteor fell on her head? What? Yeah, but the the meteor is a metaphor. The metaphor for uh, the meteor is a metaphor for a drunk driver doing like a three sixty spin off a ramp into her house. I guess (laughs) I that is so stupid. I can't even. I I don't know what to say. Like that is so fucking funny. What a overcorrection. Yeah. Like I maybe he watched donnie darko and got spooked oh yeah he probably just watched it on the on the big screen and on the, the giant in the living room in the like, giant oh. yeah he, after the vampire council they were like okay let's all cool off and watch our favorite movie donnie darko and he saw the the jet engine land on the bedroom right he was like fuck i gotta go check on bella i hope that doesn't happen the seattle airport you know, the planes come you know right over if they're flying from it's Texas or whatever. Yeah. Here. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh my god. That is Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And and then he it was a good thing he was there, otherwise she would have gotten bitten by a spider. I also, guess. like it... I swear to God, like she must have written this and then looked up like whether or not a hobo spider could like kill someone and then had to like rewrite it in that <laughs> he knows that it wouldn't but it would still hurt okay this is extra weird because washington does have a dangerous spider you could put in here next it has two washington we get we get a couple up here we're actually we're actually kind of like some of the bravest people on earth actually um um podcasters because oh, um- we're we're podcasting in um, a zone where we get black widows and we also get uh, brown recluses. Yeah. So basically, and we're the, soldiers. It's uh, true. Yeah. The brown recluse 
necrotizes your flesh. Yeah, nasty. Um, I think the Black Widow, we don't have very many of those, but it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. Yeah, yeah. See, see, you know, Ed- Edward... Edward could have seen a brown recluse and been like, ooh, I don't want her to have, like, a nasty, like, dead, like, patch on her arm for a few weeks. That's gross, and right? Turn like, her into a vampire, and then she has that ew. dead, necrotized flesh forever? Ew. Ew. I mean, literally, he, like, these were ridiculous worries. The street didn't have a natural gas line, so a carbon monoxide leak was improbable. I doubted they used coal frequently. The Olympic Peninsula had very little in the way of dangerous wildlife. Anything large, I would be able to hear now. There were no venomous snakes, scorpions, or centipedes, and just a few spiders, none of them deadly to a healthy adult, <laughs> and unlikely to be found indoors regardless. Fuck. Ridiculous. I knew that. Amazing. I think she looked up that brown recluses are most found in wood piles or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen... I used to live in a... In a house that had like a big detached like shop workshop garage thing, and and I saw one one time. Yeah, but a... it's probably also pretty unlikely that you'd have a hobo spider in your room. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, this I... this is the Hideo Kojima tweet to me that was like <laughs> when people were deeds. mad about quiet. Yeah. It's like you should, you will be ashamed of your words and deeds when you find out why. <laughs> when you find out why Edward was in a room in the middle of the night. You would be ashamed. It's it's, it's so it's it, it's great to end here. Like this is so full circle because we were talking about like no character is like not self indulgent, right? Uh-huh. Like, and that is the ultimate version of that. Is <laughs> is the uh, you will be ashamed of your words and deeds tweet. Um, <laughs> Edward is a fucking dork uh, yeah. and a huge nerd, and that is I think one of my favorite details from what I'm get hearing from, from midnight sun <laughs> in your chapters is that he's, he has like the baseball stats Rolodex in his mind. Uh huh. And he also, uh, just really, I guess knows everything that could possibly hurt a pretty girl in Washington. <laughs> um, which is really funny. Like, okay. Um, I'm, I'm still going to say I'm, I'm going to, d- Definitely going to be retracting some boyfriend points for watching her sleep, but that almost that 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 part almost makes it work. Where it's like he's I just mean, like the, the vibe isn't like I want to go watch her sleep. The vibe is like I'm gonna check and see if I left the oven on. Right? Yes, exactly. He he like and and if the vampires were a little bit more alien <laughs> and like a little bit more detached from human society this would all this could be this could again a little twisted but like a little a little bit of a twisted romance where you, where you get it right but like there's not quite enough of that so it still sounds fucking bonkers yeah yeah i mean i i could totally see if it played it up a little bit where vampires are like wow humans die really easily they just yeah they die constantly they get bit by spiders like all this stuff and then he's like i'm just gonna go check right which is essentially what he's doing it just doesn't play it up very much vampires should be treating humans like like chihuahuas you know it's like yeah you guys are like trembling all the time and you can basically die if you like like jump too high or something (laughs) um that would be yeah that would that would work i guess but yeah oh my god the the reveal here (laughs) incredible yeah that's like my favorite part of my reading the just the craziest like unnecessary 
like retroactive. <laughs> I swear it feels like a defense. Like yes, I, there's no other way to read that, right? Yeah. Oh, you thought it was creepy that he was watching her sleep. Well, actually, he was protecting her from a meteor. So checkmate. Actually, the meteor was a metaphor oh, for poisonous spiders. <laughs> for poisonous spiders, and actually, guess what? There was one. There was so one. So look who looks stupid now. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it feels. It's very funny. <laughs> instead of instead of uh, worrying about it biting her, he should have been worried. He's just like, I had read that the average human swallows eight spiders a year. <laughs> and I didn't want that to happen to Bella. I have one more thing. All right. All I right. mean, it's only this. I have nothing to actually say about this. But you asked me earlier if anything came up about their um, criminal activities. Oh, right. Yes. The, and the it hacker did. floor. Yeah, it did in this one. But it's just exposition. But I thought I'd read it anyway because it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought of the multitude of illegal documents my family needed to live as we liked. False names and false <laughs> histories. Driver's licenses that let us enroll in school and medical credentials that allowed Carlisle to work as a doctor. Papers that made our strange grouping of nearly identically aged adults comprehensible as a family. None of it would be necessary if we didn't try to have brief periods of permanence. If we didn't prefer to have a home. Then, of course... There was the way we funded our lives. Insider trading laws didn't apply to psychics, but it certainly wasn't honest what we did, and the transfer of inheritances from one fabricated name to another wasn't legal either. Oh my god. <laughs> the line, there are insider trading laws don't apply to psychics. That's is fucking right. incredible. That's right. First of all, I think they probably do. They do. Think, they do. Think... They just can't get you for that one. Oh my god. Oh my god. This book is secret genius. This book is secret genius. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit. Now I just want to know what the computers are for. I just want to hear like are they are they playing Counter-Strike? Like what are they what are they doing with those computers? The, like, the the non <laughs> the non-hacking computers? Yeah, cuz they have the hacking computers for the crimes. They still have to do their homework. That's true, but they can get like a I don't know. They can get like a laptop for that. Like what? Like they, they them having like a row of computers. Like they like it's a library at a school is very interesting to me. I don't know what year this takes place. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I, mean, like, I know we had laptops, but I just realized that I have absolutely no clue when it takes place. I will say that Edward uh, comments on how many CDs that Bella has when he's mm -hmm. in her room protecting her from spiders. Um, like CDs in their jewel cases. He obviously listens to CDs. Mm -hmm. um, so no iPods. No iPods yet. Yeah, no, no MP3s. Or they don't have them. I'm not sure. Right. Well, if it was written in like 2003 or so, right? So that would be like prime Discman territory still. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying you might not have a laptop. You might have a family computer. Right, you also right. wouldn't have a Vanquish, so... <laughs> I don't, right. I yes. don't know. Yeah. You yeah. could probably get a laptop. All right. Um, before we wrap this segment up, let's tally the boyfriend points. Uh, sounds good. Okay. Uh, let me just double check last week's. Um, I believe he had like negative 75 boyfriend points. Jeez. Um, well, he got minus 100 for something that I've already forgotten. Oh, was it for like the the imagined like school massacre? Yes. Yep. Yeah, of course. That'll do it. Yeah. Uh the yes. tone has changed. 
significantly in my book. Yeah. Yeah, Edward is at negative 85 boyfriend points, okay. um, is, is what he is at. Uh, okay, so, so boyfriend points. Let's tell you something. Negative 85. Um, I'm gonna give him... Hmm. I'm gonna give him... What, what do you think? You think, it, you think it needs to be a little more than 10, or do you think 10's fair for his, like, roguish charm this week? Oh, I was going to say way more than that because it really has, like, crystallized the, yeah. the romantic hero uh, okay. moment, right? Like, that is the that is the crucial magic that any romance that's needs. That's true. And I think it's, that it's, he, he got there. It is very important. So, so I guess I guess I have our I have our list here. So we let's 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 kind of weigh it against these other scores that we gave. Okay, he got minus one hundred for being creepy school shooter guy. Yeah, um, plus twenty for being a baseball nerd. Uh huh. And then minus five for uh, the weird car comment he makes um, about about her her truck. Uh, right. Be- yeah. yeah. Um. So, okay, so looking at that as sort of the scale, what do we think, like, plus 40, 50, maybe, for, for, for kind of riding the ship on the romantic hero front? Yeah, I think, cause, uh, I'm, I think of it like archetypes, right? And I think that, like, yeah. the negative points you get for being um school shooter archetype is probably more than the positive that you get for being a romantic hero. Yes. But the romantic hero thing still is is good. So yes. I want to say like 40 or 50 points for that, probably. Okay, so I'll be generous. Let's say plus 50. Uh, plus 50 points for being roguish, charming, romantic hero. Um... How much? Mi- how many minus for watching her sleep and crushing a spider and thought thinking about meteors? Well, uh, uh, well, hang on. I do want to give him plus five for ha- for not letting her get bit by the hobo spider. Okay, plus five protected her from spider. Yeah, but like probably like negative ten for showing up in the first place. Negative ten. That's it. He got. He's checking if the oven was on. You know. <laughs> If if you woke up and a vampire was watching you sleep, your hell reaction yes. would be negative hell, my, ten. My my reaction would be hell yes. What? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Wrong. Yeah, wrong question. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Sure. Yes. Okay. Minus ten. Yeah. He is. He is a. Okay. Yeah. He he is checking the oven. He's being a little weird about it. Let's be. We'll be. I'll be. I'll be generous. I'll agree. Yeah. Yeah. Minus ten for. Uh, watching her sleep, parentheses, protecting her <laughs> from Mario Kart crash. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what else this chapter? Um, I'm, I'll give him another plus, like, just a, another plus five for, um, uh, uh, recognizing her needs without, uh, reading her mind. Yeah, I think that's really nice. Yeah. Her needs without mind reading. Um, how anything in the vampire council scene that maybe needs to be taken into account here? Like my any pluses or minuses there? Uh, I mean he's kind of being annoying. 
Like, I'm, I'm not really enjoying his, like, putting Bella up on a pedestal thing, like, as the good, perfect, pure virgin character, you know? Right, yes. Okay, how many minus do you think for that? Uh, you know, he's kind of idealizing her in a little, maybe maybe a little bit of a dehumanizing way. Well, here's the annoying part is that, um, like, he is doing that and yet at some point um he reads mike newton's mind and is like wow this guy is in love with a uh, idealized version of bella unlike me who's in love with the real bella so i'm like Mm. maybe that's just factual (laughs) but he is being obnoxious about it so i'm giving it a minus five okay minus five obnoxious uh view of bella sometimes Okay. Anything else, or do you think we can kind of draw it there for this week? I think that's pretty good. Okay, so he is. So he was at negative eighty-five last week. Yeah. Uh, plus fifty, so negative thirty-five. Plus five, so negative thirty. Minus ten, back to negative forty. Plus five, and then minus five again. So he is sitting at negative forty boyfriend points. And now, do we have like targets? Like, say that, say that, like <laughs> it's like negative, you know, one hundred, and it's like relation, it's like relationship over, and then it's like plus one hundred and like marriage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's got to be something like that, right? Should yeah. We, should we outline some targets. I guess we can kind of outline them when we he he hits some significant numbers. I think I think when we're at like plus twenty five, we'll have to like evaluate. You know, maybe give him like a new that's like a new status level, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like, like, oh, we're like we're going steady now, or like, yeah, oh, we're getting engaged, you know, because yeah. yeah. that's the kind of story it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, I like <laughs> zero is just like uh, the alarm stops going off when he shows up, you know? Right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, he got off to a really rough start, so he he is look like yeah he uh, uh, is uh, he's up he's up against uh, a big big climb here, um, but I he feel is like trying. We gotta throw him a bone here. I think that we give him um, some points for uh, considering his gas mileage. <laughs> he he is he is nothing if not an environmentalist. Yeah. Let's give him another 10 for for thinking about the planet. Okay. Okay. He so is immortal, so it's just it's pretty practical. It's it's important for him. If there's no planet, he's kind he's fucked, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's at negative 30 boyfriend points. Um, so the alarm is like a little quieter, I guess. Right. Um Okay. Okay. Great. All right. A good boyfriend points update. Let's take a little break. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, we need to return to an old favorite it is time um we have we have sort of uh uh you know in 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 starting a new novel we've sort of been uh uh 
focusing on some author website stuff and and lore investigations, but we really need to get back into the meat of online fandom discussions. It's time for us to check in with Screen Rant about Twilight. Uh, maybe we can learn something. We can learn some stuff. Um, granted, I think a lot of this will be based more on the films and the books, but I, I think it, I think it counts. There, there's some there's some very very compelling stuff uh, on Screen Rants to do with Twilight. Um, have you seen all the movies? Like I've like- seen parts of the first one, and that's about it. Okay, so you and me are the same on this one. I, I have not. I don't. I don't think I've seen the the first one like all the way through. I just mm-hmm. know that it's blue. I've seen the baseball scene. Um, I've seen some other stuff that kind of became jokes. Um, but yeah. I, I've never seen the entire thing. I don't think. Um, uh, so this will be you know exciting when we get there. But I am offering you a choice between some Screen Rant articles here. Excellent. Um, perhaps we can do all of them. I have no idea how long these will last, but uh, there's some juicy, juicy options here. Excellent. Number one, 10 Twilight quotes that would fit right in to Batman. Oh, is this recent because of Robert Pattinson Batman? This is because of Robert Pattinson Batman. Wow, Okay. Then I have another one here. Twilight Saga relationships as Taylor Swift songs. Ooh. Uh, which we'll have to use a little bit of imagination for, I think, because I, I so we, we have been good about like flying under the radar, I think, with some of the copyright stuff. I have, I've definitely put some songs in our episodes. I will not be putting any Taylor Swift songs in. I, 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 I will be shot let's with not, a gun. Let's I think. not tempt fate. Yeah, I will be or blasted. Or the Swifties. A, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, which article? Which article sounds enticing to you here? Uh, both of them. Um, I want to hear the quotes that are going to work in Batman. I've not seen the new Batman film. I hear that it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Robert Pattinson is pretty good in it. Nice. Uh, I yeah yeah fun fun movie very stupid but in like a fun way that feels kind of on purpose I don't sure. know yeah I had a good time I mean it's Batman it's Batman it's fucking Batman yeah exactly uh okay so ten Twilight quotes would fit right into the Batman while Gotham and Forks may seem like worlds apart here are ten Twilight co- quotes that prove otherwise prove otherwise yeah okay. yeah. In 2008, Robert Pattinson starred in the first film of the blockbuster series that defined an entire generation of teens, Twilight, with his ice-cold skin, defining (sighs) hair, and melancholy-laced looks, Pattinson gained immense popularity as the perfect realization as Stephanie Meyer's Edward Cullen. While Pattinson's career has come a long way since then, the Batman is reminiscent of that teenage angst that kickstarted his stardom. So number one, Bella Swan on her life-changing decisions... I can't bring myself to regret the decisions that brought me face to face with death. This is uh, Bella saying that. That's pro- yeah, but I think that's Bella in the prologue of this book. Um, now, who would be saying that in Batman? Batman. Uh, their picture is of Batman, so so perhaps uh, Bella Swan states that this 
uh, states this in Twilight, in between musing about how dying in the place of someone she loves seems like a good way to go, and how the choices that led her to face death also gave her a vampire boyfriend for whom she would gladly risk it all. Much like Bella, Batman 2 is often shown as unapologetic for the tricky situations he lands himself into. <laughs> That's true. That Yeah. Is a stretch. I'm in another tricky situation, Alfred. <laughs> Not another tricky situation. I don't regret it, though. <laughs> Do you regret it, sir? No. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a vampire boyfriend out of it. Maybe the deal. I'll get a vampire boyfriend. <laughs> While he shows remorse for civilian casualties or accidental Alfred injuries, ultimately Bruce keeps firm faith in his morals and fights for justice. Despite being faced with death on multiple occasions, he never appears to regret the actions taken in his quest for vengeance. Is his so, face is Alfred's occasional injury him facing death? That seems unfair. <laughs> Alfred, I guess, is often getting into scrapes in Batman stories. Does um, he regret it? Does Alfred, <laughs> Alfred, <laughs> Alfred like no, no, Alfred's whole deal is that he would do fucking anything for Batman. He's, he would face he's, death. Yeah, he's good. He would. Yeah, yeah. He's he's they're good. They're they're tight. Yeah. Okay. These are the same. Screen Edward right, screen right again. Sc yeah, yeah. Edward on his abilities, as if you could outrun me, as if you could fight me off. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I've got to say, Batman probably would say that to Batman people. Batman could say that. Batman does say, uh, as if you could outrun me. Uh, as you if could you not could fight me off. You could not fight me off. <laughs> you could not fight me off. He's always saying, like, when you know, whenever the Joker is, like, you know, taunting him, he's like, uh, as if you could fight me off. Uh. In the famous yeah. forest scene, Edward makes it clear to Bella that everything about his vampire body is designed to kill. <laughs> As Bella confronts Edward, he shows as many strengths as the world's most dangerous predator. Just as Edward Cullen has his supernatural talents, Batman's suit and technologies provide him with super enhancements that no mere human can handle. <laughs> Batman is like a strong guy. Yeah, Batman's like a, a, like a, a dude. Guy. Yeah, um, Edward can throw a minivan across a football field. I, I guess this is, like, the classic internet debate, you know, it's like, uh, who would win in a fight between, like, anyone and Batman, and the joke is that, like, well, Batman would win with prep time, right? Wait, but, but like, this is, like, literally what Stephanie Meyer says, because Edward can, Edward can rebinds, yeah. and so yeah. he would win. Yeah, Edward would probably, yeah, if anyone's gonna kick Batman's ass, it would probably be, probably be Edward, like, he, yeah, kinda... He's got Superman powers, and he can read minds. So, so Superman can't beat Batman in a fight, but Edward can be, can beat Batman in a fight. Maybe Batman could like invent like a special kind of helmet that repels mind reading. You know? Oh, okay, sure. Like he's that kind of guy too. But like you know, it would be tough. It would be tough. Uh, well, Bruce's enemies try time and time and time again to get the best of him. They constantly fail to do so, and he eventually emerges victorious. <laughs> Yeah. You cannot take me on. You can you as if you I could fight me. You. I will outrun you as if you could outrun me. <laughs> Edward Cullen's conflicted beliefs. What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? Edward Cullen is constantly consumed by his ideas at what it, of what it means to be righteous or evil. Despite Bella's insistence that he is good, he frequently regards himself as an eternally damned monster, bringing into a question what it truly means to be a hero or villain. 
Batman also calls into question this distinction. While Bruce believes himself to be right, his methods are often criticized by many of Gotham's citizens. <laughs> <laughs> He's receiving a lot of criticism. <laughs> <laughs> The, the yeah twitter kind of goes off when batman catches another bad guy they don't like his methods right uh, yeah uh <laughs> while bruce appears to find some redemption and clarity uh his morals are not left unquestioned yeah yeah that yeah he does brood a lot batman but batman is way more morally ambiguous than edward is Yes, yeah. Like, yeah. Edward doesn't- So Edward's moral ambiguity is literally in his vampire state, but he is- Oh, he is not a villain. He ha- he is- <laughs> He just is, like, a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nice guy who happens to be a vampire, and, like, he kind of can't change that. But, like, every Batman story is Batman being like, I'm gonna- I'm gonna catch the Joker. And then Alfred or- or someone is like, Sir, you- you're- you're- this is consuming you. You need to, like, chill. You are becoming the Joker. And he's like, no, I've gotta do it. Like, that- yeah, yeah. That's- that's- yeah. That's- I mean, I guess it's true. That is- that is every Batman story, so. (laughs) Screen Yeah, it's just not Edward. Yeah, Edward- That's not the Edward story. He doesn't do anything bad. Edward's getting in his own head about this. Batman kind of doesn't really think about this. He he knows he's right. He know? does. Literally in the chapter that I just read, Edward's like, she shouldn't like me. I'm the villain. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you haven't done anything. <laughs> uh, Batman does kind of, in, in the new movie, the, you know, a very, very minor spoiler here. But Batman, you know, Batman does kind of peep on someone, you know, in, in the name of in the name of uh, tracking down a bad guy. But, he, you know, he does perhaps. Well, yeah. What if there was like a carbon monoxide link? What if there was a meteor? If a meteor falls on her head, Alfred. <laughs> a drunk driver could smash into the apartment. It's just like Donnie Darko. It's you just like Donnie. Movie, Alfred? Ever seen, Alfred, have you ever seen Donnie Darko? <laughs> the soundtrack's really good. Why are you wearing that stupid bat suit? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Bella Swan on her personality. I'm really kind of the more suffer in silence type. One of Bella's most frustrating qualities was her constant need to downplay her own needs and wallow quietly in despair. Even while she was surrounded by her friends, Bella often repressed her own emotions and was a loner without her superhuman squad. This is true. Yeah. She is very Batman-like. Yeah, she is. She So, like, assuming, I, you know, I don't know, but I'm assuming that she's, like, becomes friends with some of the vampires and, like, maybe some of the werewolves later, right? So, like, oh, she's yeah. got, like... She's yeah, she really does have like a squad of like fucking awesome dudes around, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But just like Batman who has the Justice League, he's you know, he's he's still, you know, like, like that that doesn't cheer him up all the time. That that's true. Fuck. Batman is also portrayed in a similar light. Other than brief moments with Alfred, Bruce is left to himself and his thoughts. Wait, hold on. Sorry, I skipped I skipped a really important word here. Um, other than brief, intimate moments with Alfred. Ooh. Ooh. Vampire Bruce boyfriend. Is, Bruce is left to himself. Perhaps I'll get a butler boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, Bruce is left to himself and his thoughts and and, and uh, left to himself and his thoughts and prefers to operate either alone or with as little trust involved as possible. And sh- as shown with his first mission with Catwoman, 
Like Bella, Bruce is guarded, quiet, and prefers to suffer in silence rather than be open and vulnerable to those around him. Yeah, that's all true. Sure. Yep. Thank you, Screen Rant. Yep, that is the plot of Batman, every Batman (laughs) story. (laughs) James on Edward's anger. His rage will make for more interesting sport than his feeble attempt to protect you. In Twilight, James, one of the evil vampires, uh, states that as uh, states this as he records Bella writhing in pain while he slowly tortures her. Ooh, okay, <laughs> exciting stuff coming up, I guess. Uh-huh. He intends to send the footage to Edward after to incite a revenge <laughs> vampire. Whoa, holy shit! All right. <laughs> all for some twisted form of entertainment. Yeah. Giving all of the hostage scenes present within the Batman, this line would fit seamlessly <laughs> into the film. Oh, they're talking, like, just literally specifically about the new movie this time. Okay. Uh, it could be used by any of the villains present, but it would be especially... Uh, uh, it would especially fit the Riddler, as he shows another one of his tapes to the world. Especially since the Riddler uses his nefarious crimes to set up a twisted game and manhunt, exactly like James. Fuck! I love this. Like any any of the Batman villains could do this. Like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. This, this is this rocks. I love this. Is the perfect kind of article where it's like uh, uh, based purely on the fact that like stories have structure, right? And there are like <laughs> character archetypes that exist. It's like, yeah, you're right. I can't argue with this. Yeah, Anybody Bat- notice uh, archetypes? <laughs> <laughs> Edward on his feelings to Bella. Oh, this is this is such a classic quote here. Even I, I'm I can't go a day without saying this quote, even though I haven't <laughs> gotten to this part of the story. Uh, I feel very protective of you. <laughs> that famous quote from Twilight. <laughs> Immediately after being miraculously saved by Edward, Bella asks him whether he followed her. His response is to tell her he feels the need to protect her. Don't we know it? From meteors, from drunk drivers, from spiders, he is always protecting her. Yeah. Foreshadowing how he always puts her life and welfare ahead of his own. Similarly, Catwoman is also followed by Bruce after their initial meeting as he strives to learn more about her and her involvement with the recent cases. Although Batman, like Edward, struggles to establish proper boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Batman, you've got to establish some boundaries. <laughs> this this is a real problem for Batman. Did Batman save Catwoman from a hobo spider? <laughs> Alfred just like radioing Batman, Sir, have you remembered to drink water today? <laughs> Everyone knows that he is trying to protect her from Falcone and stop her from being embroiled in Gotham's corruptions. True, true. <laughs> I need to send you a screenshot of this before I read it because it it's just yeah yeah more 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 powerful twilight quotes uh really recognizable ones <laughs> This could this could this quote could only be in twilight this nothing could else Only be in twilight Edward to Bella after she discovers the truth say it out loud say it (laughs) it's just i don't i i hope screen rant has something compelling to say because this couldn't be in anything other than twilight yeah 
In one of the most memorable Twilight scenes, Edward Cullen growls out this line after Bella tells him she knows what he is. It's very a monumental. It's a very monumental moment to the movie, finally revealing Edward's true identity and grabbing, granting him full supernatural hero status. Yeah. And? Wait. Wait. They they don't. Oh, okay. Phew, okay. There was like a there was like a page break here. <laughs> And I was like, was that it? Are you like, is that the end? You can't leave it there. You got to tell me how it's like Batman. Uh, while it remains one of the top quoted Twilight. No. No, it, it no, doesn't. No. No, it is not. <laughs> By who? By who? Uh, this quote is very versatile and could potentially fit anywhere within Batman. It could fit anywhere. <laughs> Whether it be an interrogation, a fight, or a moment with Selina, this quote goes well with any Batman scene that has even a shred of conflict or tension, which the film has plenty of. This film has conflict and tension? Holy fuck. <laughs> wow. All, all that matters is the delivery, and Bruce Wayne's turmoil of energy easily matches Edward's. This this quote could be in any scene. <laughs> As long as there's conflict and tension, which there's a lot of, by the way. Oh, that's, fuck. That's great news. Great that news is... for the new Batman film. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> say, they nailed it with the conflict and tension in the new Batman movie. I've been waiting. I've been, like, on the fence. Am I gonna see it? And now that I know, they they put in some conflict and some tension. Maybe I'll have to, have to go to the theater. <laughs> Edward and Bella talk about their feelings. Another, uh-oh, hold on. Batman doesn't talk about his feelings. That's, mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm, that's like his whole thing. He's, he's really bad at that. Uh, I don't have the strength to stay away from you anymore. Then don't. Edward tries <laughs> desperately to keep himself away from Bella for her sake. Okay, got it. I'm, I'm, I'm t- calling a flag on this play. Does not desperately try. He says this week in chapter four. Uh, well, you shouldn't be. We shouldn't, but I will. You know, like. Like, uh, do you want to ride to Seattle? Do you want to ride to Seattle? He is not trying all that hard. Um, uh, but he finds himself irrevocably drawn to her, just as she can't resist his sparkly vampire allure. Bruce and Selena share a similar palpable energy, made even more intense by Robert and Zoe's on-screen chemistry. Okay, I will say I do agree with this. Uh, mm. Best bet you you got to see it just for the smoldering. There's a lot of smoldering in this film, and there's conflict and conflict and tension. Uh, uh, three the three pillars of cinema to me. <laughs> Uh, while Bruce is initially hesitant about pursuing Selena, their ongoing interactions slowly chip away at his resolve. Their will they or won't they tension, hey, stays mm. constant throughout the film until their slow burn romance finally culminates. That's so true. And this line, these, this line would have fit right in with two characters being romantic at each other. <laughs> it is a line from a romantic scene. It could go scene. in any scene. It could go in any scene where two characters are being romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Bella Swan confronting Edward. I wasn't going to tell anybody. I just need to know the truth. Having just witnessed Edward save her from being crushed by a very heavy van. Oh, this part. We love this part. Bella knew there was something more to him, but when she confronted him, he just dismissed her, afraid she'd expose him and her family. 
Given that the Batman features multiple disguises and nearly everyone keeping their respective secrets, this quote would fit right in with multiple scenes and pairings, such as Gordon and Batman, Batman and Catwoman, or Selina and Falcone. <laughs> this could fit in any scene with a secret identity. <laughs> uh, basically, and, and good news, if you like secret identities in stories, Batman has got you fucking covered on that one. <laughs> It would have also gone interestingly in a scene with Batman and the Riddler, especially during the latter's confession as he believes Batman to be his comrade and appears to know his true identity. No, mm, no, that's not. Okay, screen rant. For a, for a site that's about movies, they don't seem to be that good about watching movies. Uh. That's shocking. <laughs> Edward to Bella about his feelings. You don't know how long I've waited for you. Edward Cullen has been waiting over a century to meet his soulmate. Despite undoubtedly having other prospects, Edward could not find himself connecting with anyone until he met Bella Swan. Like Edward, Batman is shown as being alone and distant from the world, but then he meets Selina, who he finds intriguing, right from their first interaction. Although he is still hesitant, Bruce finally finds in Selina a match for himself. Their sizzling encounters in chemistry show how incredibly compatible they are. So I guess I guess they could say I don't know how long I've waited for you. I don't think Batman would say that. Batman would never say that. No, this does not work. Batman, yeah, Batman. Batman doesn't talk about his feelings, as 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 noted in this article. Mm-hmm. Uh, disagree. Disagree. Batman would not do this. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Screen Rant. Uh, archetypes truly are real and exist. <laughs> Stories. Stories. They have similarities to Some, each other. Sometimes a story is a lot like another one. Um, okay, I have a few more articles here for you if you have time for another. Yeah, for sure. So we have the previously mentioned Twilight or uh, uh, Taylor Swift one. Twilight relationships as Taylor Swift songs. Um, that one seems enticing. Maybe worth waiting for when we know a few more relationships in the story. But yeah, I think we need to be introduced to a few more characters. Maybe. Yeah. Um, also, I'm a little worried that I won't know the Taylor Swift songs off the top of my head. Yeah, we might need to do some research, some br- yeah, brushing yeah. up on our Swift. Um, okay. Well, I have two other articles then. Sure. Uh, number one, Twilight's top ten cringiest lines. Uh, oh, cringe. Cringe. Um, and then Twilight's original script had Bella blasting vampires with a shotgun. <laughs> um, I, whew, that's a tough choice. I will say... I would let we talked about like sort of the what the threat is if people find out about vampires. Yeah. One of the things I really like about uh, Vampire the Masquerade is that like if you're a vampire and you get shot in the face with a shotgun, you die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I really want to know if the Twilight vampires die to a shotgun blast. Okay. All right. Uh, Twilight script had Bella blasting vampires with a shotgun. A failed script for a Twilight adaptation drastically changed the book's story, featuring shocking deaths and a shotgun-toting, vampire-slaying Bella. Okay. This seems like bullshit. Let's find out. A failed script for a Twilight adaptation drastically changed the book's story, featuring shocking deaths and a shotgun-toting, vampire-slaying Bella. 
Catherine Hardwick's 2008 adaptation of Stephanie Meyer's a young adult vampire novel starred Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. The film was followed by four sequels, uh, which adapted the rest of the novels. Twilight saw Stewart's ordinary... T- okay, tell, twi- just tell me what Twilight... I love content. Okay, yeah, just a little SEO here. Uh, the original Twilight film adaptation went through troubled early developments as it swapped hands between studios and one draft almost saw its protagonist become a vampire slayer. As reported by 2fab.com. Oh, maybe we should just, I'm just going to go to 2fab. Screen rant, you're letting me down here. Okay, yeah, here we go. We're, 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 we're going out, we're moving over here. Uh, as the OG screenwriter speaks out, Twilight director... (laughs) Twilight, this is already juicier. Director Catherine Hardwick explains why his work had to, quote, go in the trash. Holy fuck. <laughs> Can you imagine Bella Swan blowing away vampires with a shotgun? While yes, ca- it, seems, it seems to fit her uh, personality quite well. Yeah, although, to be fair, I think, I think if we're going by her, like, sort of, like, noir detective personality, it should be more like a, like a cool, you know, like, 9mm or something, like, a, like, like, she's a, she's got a, she's got a, a big pistol, like the guy at the end of, um, at the end of, uh, uh, abduction, Taylor Watner's abduction. Oh, who could forget the huge, <laughs> huge pistol? <laughs> the huge pistol that he doesn't fire. I was gonna say like, but the shotgun like in her truck seems to go very well. Oh, that's like, true. The, that's true. I, I like that idea, but I also like the idea of the big pistol. Although Jacob could have a big pistol. There we go. Jacob has the big pistol. Uh, can you imagine Bill Swan blowing away vampires with a shotgun while calling the bloodsuckers a far more not safe for work? word that also ends with suckers what cocksuckers she's calling she was what? shooting them with vampires and calling them cocksuckers <laughs> I, I i can't okay. imagine it i suppose okay i mean yeah i guess uh well had the first film script based on twilight actually gotten made that's what we would have seen the crew involved with both MTV's failed version that never got off the ground and the series fans actually wound up see- seeing both appear on the big hit show podcast, Deep Dive into the World of Twilight. Okay, so we're going from a, t- a screenwriting article summarizing this article, which is summarizing a podcast. Content is in a bad place. And we're and in now a pod- it's on our podcast. Our podcast, which is explaining Twilight. Oh, fuck. Oh, the world. Uh-oh. Is Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> um... Producer Greg Moradian read an unpublished, unedited manuscript for the first book and brought it to MTV Films before screenwriter Mark Lord was brought on to take a crack at adapting it. As the first book hadn't even been released to the public yet, MTV felt there was, quote, a lot of freedom for them if they were to develop the project, and they certainly took some liberties from the source material. Okay, so this was them, like, not knowing this was going to be huge, it sounds like. Uh, Yeah. Among the biggest change in the first script... Both Carlisle Cullen and Charlie Swan are killed. Bella takes on the vampires with a shotgun before turning into one herself, all in the first movie. (laughs) Great. Lord said he was told to add more action and, quote, give something more for the male audience to grab hold of. (laughs) They thought they were going to lose the male audience with too much of a romance, he added. It's a romance novel. It's a romance. I've got to say, you got to just let it be a... Uh, uh, a romance. <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, 
Of the big changes, Lord said he was just going to do what he was hired to do and added that one of the biggest challenges was how to externalize Bella's voice. That actually is pretty interesting because it, it this is this book so far feels completely unfilmable. Like Right. Yeah. Like like it is so inside Bella's head. It would be very difficult to to make a film version. Um voiceover. As the book right, yeah. As the as the book is mainly the character's interior thoughts. He also wanted her to be, quote, a little bit stronger. Uh, in this as a female character as opposed to just mooning over this guy okay a flag on the play sir uh so far she's she's very i don't know she's not just she's not just falling head over heels for this guy there's some tension a little tension yeah, and conflict yeah. she's going to seattle <laughs> she's going to seattle with him it's gonna be so crazy it's gonna be fun uh, when asked if he really had, quote, blowing vampires away with a shotgun, Lord responded, probably, sure, it's badass. Probably, added, sure. Probably, sure, it's <laughs> badass. Uh, yeah, probably, I don't know, who cares? <laughs> okay, this is quite a story. Yeah. He added that he wanted, quote, a big conflagration at the film's finale, saying, I want that girl to shoot some vampires. I want her to blow some <laughs> shit away. <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> it was the best we could put together for what they wanted, Lord said. They were pretty happy with it, and then they exploded. According to MTV's David Gale... They exploded? Exploded. Oh, fuck. They, they, that first shotgun blast, now explosions? <laughs> According to MTV's David Gale, things got, quote, pretty contentious over the project, and, quote, there were some pretty hostile and angry people that wanted to make sure we did not make this film. Yeah, I gotta be honest, I would be one of them. Like, Yeah, they're like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is it? You should uh, make the adaptation. You know, I, I'm all for adaptations being a little different, uh, uh, you know, or, the, or their own unique thing. But like, come on, C come fucking come on! Like, what? Just, just write your own vampire thing. Yeah, yeah, th yeah. Th that's the thing, right? Is it's not, it's not difficult to just make a thing about vampires. Like, fucking, you know what? You know what a cool movie is? Van Helsing. That's a fun movie. Just make another yeah. one of those. Yeah. Eventually, MTV and Paramount stepped away from the project entirely, and it ended up at Summit Entertainment, who would go on to make the whole franchise. Jillian Borer, who would oversee the series at Summit, said it was clear something had gone awry, making the translation from book to script when reading Lord's draft. Lord's work still made its way into Catherine Hardwick's hands when Summit's then-head of production, Eric Feig, sent her a few scripts to possibly direct for the company. I read all five scripts. I threw every one of them in the trash. Jesus. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Thank you, Catherine. But the next day I woke up, I thought, well, that one about the vampire, I wonder if there's something there. Maybe it's based on a book, she recalled. After reading the book, she was hooked, but Lord's Draft had to go. I said, first of all, this script has to go in the trash. No good. <laughs> oh my god. Brutal. How do I get that job? Yeah, uh, you've got to make it like the book, said Hardwick. The original script literally had Bella on jet skis being chased by the FBI. She was what? a star athlete. It had nothing to do with the book. What? I feel like there was some sort of mix-up. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's maybe a story that's not hugely being... Like, like, like... I, I don't think the, the whole story is being told here by anyone um in this in these interviews right and that like this really sounds like something was being made to fuck with somebody else right like this sounds like some internal politics stuff at MTV like 
Maybe they, yeah. maybe they didn't want, maybe they felt like this project was like forced on them and they weren't taking it seriously or they like tried to tank it so it wouldn't get made because they didn't want to be associated with it, you know, like. Something's going on something that is, is not this. Yeah. I, 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 I have a hard time believing that they just earnestly were like, let's turn it into a, a wacky comedy with shotguns and jet skis, right? Like, like no. Um, with Hardwick on board, Hardwick on board, uh, they still had to get Meyer to sign off the rights for Summit to make the movie. The company finally convinced her by having her write up what they called, quote, the Stephanie Meyer Bill of Rights. Uh, <laughs> um, what? <sighs> the Stephanie Meyer Bill of Rights, or things they could absolutely not change from the book. Among Can the we find that? <laughs> Did they have to call it the Stephanie do Meyer? We, do we have a copy of that? I'm going to Google that. The Stephanie Meyer Bill of Rights. Uh, oh, I look. it looks like we might be able to find at least some of it. Um, Ooh. Hold on. Uh, Stephanie Meyer Bill of Rights. There's a scene in the... Oh, okay, so this is from the New York Times. Um, uh, Fans often have a list of elements from the books they feel the films can't do without. When working on Twilight, uh, Fag, who is the guy who was announced, or was just mentioned in the other article, uh, uh, said he and a few of his colleagues sat down with Stephanie Meyer and came up with their own list. Informally called the Stephanie Meyer Bill of Rights, it ranged from character details... For example, Jacob is an amazing mechanic to essential scenes. That became a writer to the contract. Holy fuck. Stephanie. Wow. Huh. That's crazy. Okay. That's that's really interesting. That's just power move from Stephanie, honestly. Like Yeah. <laughs> getting a little bit of that JK Rowling input, uh uh, but you know, a little less evil, perhaps. Slightly, at least. Um Okay. So they had the Stephanie Meyer Bill of Rights. Uh this is back in the first article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or things that they could absolutely not change. Among the stipulation, nobody could have, quote, canine incisors longer than those found in the average human being. Okay, so no fangs, boo. Why? No fangs. I, Why is that even a sticking point? <laughs> Stephanie! I, you know, I respect I respect the rights of all creators. However, stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> they gotta have fangs. Um, uh, found in the human, average human being, and nobody could be killed off who lived in the books. They could, could, however, kill off new characters. Huh. Okay. Uh, Melissa, Rose, uh, Melissa Rosenberg then took over the script and wrote, wound up writing all five films, and that's the end of that. So that is fascinating. Huh. That sounds like a whole window into the world of film production that uh, I wasn't expecting to get there. That's wild. Uh, yeah, I think that, like, the story about the shotguns and stuff is just, like, stupid studio stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Like Stephanie Meyer Bill of Stephanie Rights. Meyer. Tell me more. I need to... Okay, I'm gonna do another the Stephanie Meyer Bill of Rights. Is I want a copy of that. So there's the New York Times article that mentions it. 
There's the article we just read. Fuck, those are the only two things that exist. Damn it. That is so tantalizing. I need to know more about that. I so need to... Oh my god, that is so juicy. I, I need to know what the hard nose were. Yeah. That's crazy. That is so Very wild. interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. If anybody... Anybody know? Maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. Maybe this is like a a known list somewhere titled something else for the film adaptations. But if you know anything else that like couldn't that was on this list, I need to know more about this so bad. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, bounty on the Stephanie Meyer Bill of Rights. That is wild. I am so interested to 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 find out more about that. Hmm. Okay. Well, a lot. I learned a lot there. That's so interesting. That reminds me of, like, remember when we were doing the Harry Potter movies and we learned that, like, Steven Spielberg wanted to do, like, the first three in one movie and also as, like, a yeah. car- cartoon or whatever? I love I love these, like, adaptations. Because I guess, really, the Harry Potter movies and the Twilight movies were probably, like, some of the most successful, like, fairly faithful straight-across book adaptations for a while, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they sort of, like, 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 like thrived on giving fans the stuff from the books that they wanted i think i i guess yeah. I, I haven't seen the twilight movies so i don't i don't know how hard they stick to the the franchise or whatever but like it feels like for a while uh we got stuff that was like the selling point was like this is just like the book right like right huh well that is fascinating mm-hmm. um all right, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash Shriekcast. We have lots of bonus content there for you. And Liz, what are we reading next week? So I think we're both reading a chapter called Blood Type. Yes, that is my next chapter. Perfect. Well, we are realigned. Realigned. All right. Well, we're doing it so you don't have to, but nonetheless, please read another book. Please read another book. There's a lady there, makes ocean rolls seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch her eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.